Everyone has a unique gift, and Mike and Diana, host of the One Life podcast, believe that most people don't know how to use their gifts or what they are. Mike and Diana want you to see things from a different perspective and be true to yourself. The One Life podcast unites the world through art, fashion, music, and film. It inspires, motivates, and creates positive energy, love, and compassion to all communities and creates an equal playing field for all. On the One Life podcast, they cover topics like building relationships, overcoming adversity, habits of healthy people, and much, much more. We only have one life to live. Be yourself and live your truth. Add the One Life podcast to your playlist. That's the number one in e-life. Available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcast platform. All right, y'all, welcome to the One Life Podcast. I am Mike M.I.C. Reed, and as always, I got my lovely co-host, Diana hey. Gotti, from the AV Wellbeing Coalition in the building with us, doing it the Gotti way. Hey. And we got special guests yeah. today with us, the award-winning actor, poet, host, and human t- hum- <laughs> humanitarian. <laughs> Sanitarian. Sean Hill's in the buildings with us, hey. y'all. What's going on with you, right? <laughs> oh, man, it's good to be here, y'all, just spreading love through poetry. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. That's yeah. what I do. So before we get to jump into this conversation, we're going to, uh, what's going on with the uh, AV right now? You know, I'm excited because next week, guys, it's the big day. Uh, the the second uh, CAP cohort will get together, and that's yes. the Certification Applied Positive Psychology. Oh and it's, gosh. yeah, and it's... I'm so excited because I'm a part of this second yes, one now, and I'm just so excited. I got my schedule uh, a few days ago. They sent us an email, and uh, I can't tell you how excited I am. I'm like to yeah. even like jump in on this. Yeah, shout out to Nardi Lopez for making this happen yes. at the city Nardi. of Palmdale. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, Palmdale's so doing big things. You're you're going to be joining us uh, Friday morning. I'm Friday be morning part of the and greeters. part of part of the program as well, though, because uh, you said that they're going to bring the first. Uh, group in to kind of mentor us and guide us yeah kind of like to just to kind of give our experience and kind of help coach um and just partner and i think that that's strong yeah um because when we stepped into it we didn't really know what to expect Mm -hmm. um so we would refer to a, a lot of different other uh cohorts that had started but nothing here. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we're going to be able to give our experience to the next group, but it's still within our community, just to kind of help uh, build, uh, I guess, better projects, stronger right. projects. Um, but I, I think here in the Antelope Valley, there's so much that happens and goes on, but we don't work together. Right. You know, it's like five of the same things happening. You know, sometimes like at the same time or, you know, one weekend after another. And it's like, no, I really I would love to participate, but I can't. I'm already committed to, yeah. you know, this place right. or that organization. So the fact that we can work together, it's we're only going to get better. Right. right. No, absolutely. And, and I love the fact that they're bringing you guys in because um, you guys get to, you know, give us your experience mm-hmm. and kind of help us guide us through what, what we're going to go through and learn. Yeah. Like, I'm looking forward to that. No, that's that's big. And especially because we have this podcast now that you and I can kind of like talk about it every week. Yeah, and be able to just yeah. give our some tools. 
right? Okay. For your yeah, toolbox. back to the community. I love how y'all are having accidental meetings about things. That's just great. You know? Great. You said accidental <laughs> meetings. <laughs> You're like, yeah, let's plan out, uh, you know, this next uh, 15 projects together right oh, now. Yeah, hey. We just happen to be in the same Nothing too big. Now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and also, we got our workshop coming up um, very soon. Uh, we're still in the, in the works of that uh, with, uh, I keep forgetting the name of that company, LACC. American Jobs. Yeah, American Jobs of California. Um, so we're working together with them, partnering with them to do bring workshops to the Antelope Valley, Wonderful. teaching our youth how to do podcasts and uh, give them another skill. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so That's cool. it's going to be pretty dope. Public speaking. Public speaking. Even yeah. as adults, um, when we kind of throw it out there like, hey, how would you like to you know, just get out there, get in front of the mic, and they're so hesitant, or they get nervous, or the fear factor kicks in. So mm-hmm. let's navigate through this. Let's kind of um, do it together, walk through this um, hand in hand, and just let's talk. Like, you know, I, I, I think yeah. we were kind of uh, sharing that earlier. It's we're like books, right? Mm-hmm. We all have a story to tell. So yeah. let's just do it together. Somebody needs to hear it. Yeah. And if not today, maybe in the future. Right. You know? right. Absolutely. In so. my bias, we're all poetry books, of course. Mm-hmm. And we're all these condensed stories wrapped in single human beings, right? Yeah. And to see, just even to hear what you two are talking about and the different kind of community programs going on out here, mm-hmm. that is the main way that we're able to dialogue and connect and be right. more of ourselves with each other. And you're, you're teaching people how to be more of themselves and speak out loud and exactly. own who they are. That's, that's special, y'all. Yeah. I mean, sure yeah, because you know. I was talking about this on the last show, how, you know, back in my generation when I was a kid, you know, our adults was always telling kids, like, hey, don't speak. Right. Don't say, don't right. talk when you're spoken, spoken to, to, right? Mm. Yeah. And I feel like that's wrong because when kids grow up, and this is why kids don't talk now, or they hold their, their feelings in, yeah. because they was they always taught that, like, hey, don't talk unless you ask, someone asks you. Like, don't do that. Use your voice. Your voice matters. Your yeah. voice has meaning to it. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I started this podcast. One of the reasons why I started this podcast and one of the reasons why I want to work with the youth to get them talking and like using their voice because it matters. They're our future. Like wow. we can't keep them quiet. Absolutely. You just reminded me of another poet, uh, Anis Mojigani, I believe. I could be saying his name wrong. But he says in one of his poems, this is for the ones that were told to speak when you were spoken to, but yes. they are never spoken to. Exactly, and he, he just said it so beautifully to, to connect all these different types of outcasts or right. people that are left out in the dark and how much we ignore them or, or we don't acknowledge them and, and how painful that can be but then the poem transcends into this whole concept mm. of shake the dust right. and he's talking about shaking off the dust of life from this rug like just shaking off all these things that have been negative onto your life and shaking out your, your life in a way mm-hmm. to have a renewed, revitalized life. It's beautiful, y'all. It's oh, one of my favorite poets, easily. Oh, my dope. God. Yeah. It sounds good. I want to yeah. look that up. Yeah, I'll send you all the links for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah you should. You know, um, over the week, or actually on Tuesday week, it was a group of us that got together. We're going to have the first candlelight um, in the Antelope Valley, or candle, yeah, I guess it's, that's what it's called um a vigil Vigil. for a suicide um prevention and just for mental health and um we were just kind of brainstorming like what should we do how should we um you know present this because we are going to have survivors right or family members and what about people that are just kind of navigating through these emotions and that was one of the suggestions it's like we really should be talking we there should be ways for us to express what we're feeling, you know, and not only that, but for men, 
Yes. We really, really yes. wanted <laughs> yes. to do something yes. um, like have a, a, a male speaker or um, my husband was like art. We should even have like a wall where people can just write or be able to express it. But you're right. We really should be just kind of putting it on either on paper, having conversations with each with each other, like what's going on? How are you doing? Um, and I thought of you. I was like, you know what? Poetry would be really, uh, really nice um, for people to hear, you know? um, I mean, it it is, it has been saving lives since time immemorium, basically, Mm -hmm. right? And and the, ever since poetry was even discussed or talked about and and the way it was used to pass down stories, right? To talk about um, fantastical stories. If you look at all the religious texts, they all use Bible-like type of verses, right? And verses or poems, Mm -hmm. right? All these kind of things that throughout our lifetime i don't think we notice how impactful poetry has been to us yeah. and even even in a commercial jingle that we remember they're using rhyme and meters so right and things right. like that so even with the expression of of like you're saying with um any kind of emotions that are even hard to talk about it has never gotten old to me to see someone get up for the first time and share a poem for example about their mother and how they were hurt by them and, and any kind of abuse that happened. And then they feel stronger after sharing that mm-hmm. in a group of strangers yeah. or maybe a group of classmates even. Right. And it does not get old to me to see that relief that happens as soon as that last word gets finished. And they, that, that whatever that was off their chest or whatever the, the, the understanding or the clarity they might've gotten from writing this or, or releasing it verbally, even that mind, body, like spirit connection, all of that, yeah. happens through poetry and i love that you're even thinking about this you know yeah. i love that yeah um a few years back um i i got uh to kind of experience poet uh, poetry at the juvenile center yeah. so there's i guess it's kind of like a gel within a gel um and they're all youth right and there was a program and they were able to and it's through the homeboy industry and it's all poetry mm-hmm. i mean they kind of were telling us you know you might hear some things that will make you emotional but how they were able to just express um you know just what they did and what how they're coping with their emotions talking about their parents expressing what they did telling them that they're going to be okay and some of them were doing like years Mm -hmm. and they were like 17 you know they weren't quite adults yet they were kind of in that stage some were 18 but the way that they were just able to express what 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 they were feeling what they were going through and um just be remorseful of what they had committed. Um, some had murdered and the reason why they did it, you know, it was just so sad. I was, I just remember crying and just wanting to hold them, you know, yeah. cause that's all they really wanted is just to experience what love was, but putting that on paper and expressing that right. that's powerful. 100%. So poetry, it's, it's a healer. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah. so, you know, one of the things I want to talk about today is uh, not only do um, I want to, you know, give the youth, you know, a platform to use their voices, right? But I also want to kind of teach them that, and, and I saw this on your, your social media, listening is very important. 
Right. Listening is very important. Um, and I think a, a lot of people, we, we forget that. And I know I have this one Buddha quote that um, I, I kind of love and it kind of speaks to me every time I read it. It says, when you talk, you're only repeating what you already know. But if you listen, you may learn something new. Mm. Mm. And it's true. Mm. Like when you when we talking and I think that's where people kind of, you know, um, they forget, like you're speaking of things you already know. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're seeing it just from your perspective. And like me and my girl, like we have conversations all the time. Right. And I think like last week, me and her had like a like a little disagreement and, and like our disagreements are great. Right. Because we right. talk about it and she couldn't understand something um, that 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 had happened. And I said, you have to stop looking at it from your perspective. Look at it from my perspective. Mm-hmm. And she did. She took a pause and she said and she and then she it, it clicked and she's like, OK, now you're right. And, see, and these are the conversations that men, you know, Marcy have. And I think a lot of couples and just, you know, people in general, we forget that. Like, we always looking at tunnel vision from our own perspective, and we're not listening to the person that we're talking to. 100%, yeah. Right? Yeah. So listening is very important, and people forget that. Yeah. I, and the most, like, beautifully insane part to me is when we think we're listening and we're not. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. That's like, what? <laughs> like, who? No, and, and, and what it's am like, I do? I thought I got what you were saying, but I thought. Right. right. No, yeah. and it's true. And it's For like, sure. even like with the, the, the love languages, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's something that like, man, I'm trying to get Marcy into this, right? Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> like, no, because my yeah. love language, my first love wing is a touch, right? And right. hers is touch. And so we're good on that part, right? Right. But my second one is words of affirmation, mm. right? And Marcy is not, uh, she doesn't know how to, I don't know if I want to say she doesn't know how she, she doesn't uh, communicate her feelings. Or she hasn't been able to practice that. Maybe. Right. There so opportunities. I'm yeah, trying right. to get her to do that because right. that's my love language. And that's what I understand. 100%. Yeah. Like, right. So if she says, you know, hey, I love you or I like what you did or just any type of words, you know, congrats. or And she's working on it. She's been doing a great job at it. But that's one of the things that we're working on right now. It's like because that's her listening to me. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know what her, I forgot what her second one is, but I know hers is touch. And I'm always constantly touching on her, rubbing her back, you know. Um, it's so funny because for me, that was like 7%. I'm like. <laughs> yeah. Which one? I, touch. touch? Yeah, touch. Yeah, yeah. And words of affirmation. Mm. For me, acts of ser- quality time, of course, oh, was dominant. I hear that. Yeah, but acts of service and gifts were neck and neck. And then definitely touch and words of affirmation, both were 7%. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's it's not big but yeah. um quality time it's everything for sure like what we were i was sharing this morning we just kind of we're like yeah we, let's go for a walk let's just have some coffee and just take it in and i felt so just happy so please but you know sometimes we think we need more than than what we have and in reality if we're mm. able to just like, just appreciate the little things yeah life would be so much better Less hmm. stress, you know, you wouldn't be disappointed with right. such, yeah, high expectations where it's really the little things. So that's why quality time for me is big. Yeah, no, I'm with <laughs> you on that. And I think even the little things and the communication you both are talking about, it's, it is really easy to take it for granted, for sure. And I think, and even in my relationship right now, it feels like we're in that zone of practicing slowing down mm-hmm. when we're communicating and not getting like to that heated place of right. when we misunderstand something. So even when you say something about listening, right, it's, it's, I'm even trying to get to the place where I, I don't tell her like, you need to do this right. for me. 
I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, can you do this for me? Mm-hmm. And even switching those things around yeah. is is it's such an inviting kind of feeling instead of an argumentative, demanding tone. Right. So I'm looking right. at communication on the on the level of of just how the delivery is, the actual listening, the reciprocation of that, the slowing down, the pacing. Uh, we both can be really quick minded and quick headed with that. And I think it's uh, yeah, she's been a beautiful match for me to really. But you know what? Really practice and, that. And you're right because, um, and this is something that I learned in, in therapy. Like we all deliver and receive things differently. So we got to be conscious of that. Yeah. But sometimes we're not. And it's easy not to be, but we have to practice that. Right. 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 Even like with me and my girl, like I always, um, I, I, I try to practice, like when she is saying something and I don't understand it, you know, I, I tell her, I said, you know what? This is what I heard. I'm not sure if that's how you delivered mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Like, but this is what I heard, right. you know, and I, I was taught in therapy. That's what you have to say opposed yeah. to, you know, the negative side of it, yeah, you know, right, assuming yeah. like this is what you're saying. Cause if I don't understand something, I'm not going to just assume and like, just hear it from my, I got to look at it from your perspective now. Yeah, and so I, I communicate with her with that. Mm-hmm. I say, well, you know what, this is kind of what I'm getting, what you're saying. Is it, is it true? You know, and she'd be like, no, that's not what I'm saying. It's, it's, then it's a healthy conversation at that point. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Because yeah. I'm, I'm quick to assume. I'd be like, <laughs> no, that's what you said. That's how you meant it. That's how you felt it. Uh, your intention was this, and that's how I felt. Right. Yeah, no. You know? And it's like, oh, that's that's my past pain. That's my oh, taking yeah. it personal. Yeah. That's my family upbringing, all that stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. That was me 10 years ago. Oh, okay, my bad. My bad, yeah. baby. My bad. Yeah. Well, actually, for your, I saw that for your birthday, she took you to oh, get man, your hair Oh, man, happy birthday, washed. by the way. Thank y'all. Yeah. Thank y'all. And just, actually, as I was watching that video, I was like, you know what, that's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you, she kind of brought you somewhere where you can really let your hair down. Literally. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Literally. Like, let me be here right now. Yeah. Let yeah. me just take it in. And even when I get my hair done or like a haircut, just people kind of massaging my scalp. It's mm-hmm. so soothing. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's so relaxing. Right? Yeah. yeah. So top 10 favorite things now in my life. For yeah, sure. Scalp yeah, massages. Yeah. So I saw that. I was like, you know what? That's such a perfect gift. And I mean, that's one of my love languages. Mm. Clearly one's quality time and then acts of service. Yeah. So I was like, damn, that's dope. I was like, I should do that, you know, for either myself, but my husband's bald. So I don't think. Oh, no, that works. It works for bald people, for sure. Right? Get a little massage yeah. in I there. I used to be bald back in high school, y'all. Really? I was on the high school swim team. I was I, I was like, I got to cut this eventually, apparently right. for aerodynamic purposes. Yeah. And no. it was a beautiful, freeing feeling. I could feel every breeze. And then whenever someone did touch my head, oh, my God multiply yeah the feeling yeah. in the sense for sure so i highly recommend it as well as for those uh with or without hair right yeah. <laughs> when, I, when i when i was younger i had i had more hair than you yeah i had braids yeah when i was oh i think I, you showed me the picture right yeah. or no i think um i think i showed you the right. long hair no my when i had an afro when i was I a kid th- the curly hair couldn't fit through the doorway <laughs> yeah <laughs> I always wanted curly hair, but I don't know where I was going to get that. My hair is so straight. And yeah. then they say straight hair people want curly hair. Curly, yep. We're never satisfied. Really? Yeah, never satisfied. <laughs> hey, so let, let's, 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 let's rewind this for a minute. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get our audience to know who Sean Hill yes. is. Hey. Yes. So, because we met you what, a couple of months ago out here at the Palmdale Playhouse. Shout out to the Palmdale Playhouse. Palmdale yeah, Playhouse. Uh, oh, go, fo- go follow them. They're on IG now. Yes. Yeah. About time. Um, they're on IG. Go follow them uh, on IG. Playhouse.com. And, right. um, but yeah, tell us about you. How'd you get started in poetry? Um, yeah. Like, 
Just take take us way back, way way, way back. Yeah, no, for real. We want to know way back. back. Like, what inspired you to way you know become the man, <laughs> the actor, poet, humanitarian that you are? Gosh. Oh, the, you got it. This I got time. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I love messing up with my words too. So, believe it or not, and it's it's just such a fun thing to play with words now. No, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so yeah, I started. I remember as far back as middle school when I was writing poetry. And my brother was sharing poems with me that he was writing that sounded like rap poetry, he'd call okay. it. And it was, it was like half disturbing, half hype, half gangster rap type of feel to it. Mm. And he was going through like being in a gang at the time and feeling that, um, that feeling of, of, of loss in life or he just didn't know his folks, as well, you know, bad people, bad timing kind of mm -hmm. stuff he was hanging out with. And whenever he shared his poetry, I felt like he was feeling better. I felt like I felt cooler and better. I was like more uplifted and it was interesting, right? Creative. I was like, wow. And, um, and then I started writing the most like nonsensical stuff. <laughs> it, it started with that. We're like, you know, I'm writing, a, pretending I was, um, one of the earliest ones I remember is pretending I was part of like Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum's team in Independence Day. Okay. Y'all remember that movie? Yeah. yeah. And so, I remember writing like, oh, you know, I'm going to team up with Will Smith and punch these aliens in the face and then we're <laughs> going to replace them in space. Or like something silly, like didn't barely made sense. Barely made sense, but it was so fun. But it made sense to you, right? It made sense to my little heart. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. And uh, I remember then going into high school and creative writing teacher, shout out to Mr. Klima. Uh, Palisades High School. Yeah, my brother um, went to Pally High. No way. What yeah. about oh, oh, shoot. Give him a big hug. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Palisades, uh, great, great staff there. And he, I wrote a poem for the first assignment. Okay. And it was, what does poetry mean? What does poetry mean to you, right? Mm. And I think I kind of remember some of that one. Because it was something like poetry can be about your favorite cereal bowl. It can be about when you scored your soccer goal. It can be about anything and everything, you know, poetry can be whatever you want it to be or something like that, right? Oh, it was wait, short, so, simple, so cool. wait, wait, come What's up? You for What's up? Talk to me. So that was one of your first poems? No, no, no. no I've been writing cool. poems to myself all the time, but like that I turned in as an assignment. Okay. That was probably, yeah, I think that was probably the first one I remember. Yeah. Turning in. Right. Okay. So from that poem to now, what is poetry to you now? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You know how they do the like the before the after yeah, like those are fun. Have you ever compared the two? Like thought back? Well, you know what? After all the definitions and all the different ways that I've heard poetry defined now in this in, in my in my forty years of experience. In this well, of course, life. I mean because you're involved, right? You're involved yeah. in everything you do, but no, I'd say I'd say it's still remotely the, this a similar definition, okay. if not that without the intention of something being poetry, it still can't be poetry. So if someone like wrote in their journal. And they had rhymes in there. They had cool poetic devices and things like that. But they didn't feel like it was poetry. They didn't call it poetry. Then I'd still respect their belief of that. Right. I'd still respect their opinion right. of what they're calling it. Um, much in the same way artists, right? They throw some paint against the wall. Some people are like, I was just messing around. I was having fun. That's some true. people are like, no, that's $20,000 of art, actually. And you're like, what? Right? Yeah. So it's a similar feel for me in my experience with poetry now and the respect I have for it now. It's, it's still intentional, you can have poetic devices in it or not. You can have metaphors and similes and anaphorisms or not. 
but you still have to say and declare maybe that it is poetry to you. Right. And I could call it poetry. I could be like, yo, what you wrote the other day on your Instagram post? Yo, that was a poem to me. That was That's dope. Right. But if they're like, no, nah, I just I just put a caption there. That was just my caption. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, all right, cool, cool. You yeah. Know? It's kind of a mutual respect right. definition. Yeah. Right? Still an expression, right? Yeah. yeah. Either whether we're thinking it or feeling at the moment, but it just felt right. Yeah. Because, of course, biasly, I see everything as poetry nowadays, mm. you know, and even when comedians are doing similes in their in their comedy sets, I see them using poetic devices like that. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful to see it now more often and more clearly when I when I'm taking that in. Yeah. yeah. Are you a creator? You're an artist, I should say, rather. Yeah. But I know how to turn off that switch sometimes. Yeah. And I think as, as artists, we need to practice that more often for sure. Yeah. Why is it? Why is it? Because it, there's times where just the example of the poppies. You're enjoying a flower, but if you're a scientist or a botanist, you can be in your head like, oh, that's the chlorophyll that makes this flower this way. And this, instead of Not just like, present. oh, taking that moment, being right, and being present, present about it. And when I saw myself as an actor, even like, finding it hard to not judge actors or something like that. I was like, whoa, I need to stop doing that. These movies used to be fun for me. Let me calm down because mm. I, I, I enjoy cinema so much. But you know what? You know, that's funny you said it because I, because I used to be, I was on television for 35 years, no right? Way. So it's hard for yeah. me to watch a TV show or a movie, right? Because I can see all the imperfections. Right. Like I can see somebody hat was like right here, then right here. And then <laughs> cocaine was right here. Then it was right here. Then it was right here. Like, I can pick up on everything, right? right. But I tell people now, I said, if I can get through a TV show or a movie, if the story is that great and I don't pay attention to that, mm. ooh, that was a great story. Right, mm. right. Because it, it took me away from, like, criticizing it. Yeah. And here's the thing I learned as an mm. actor, though. In theater, there's a silent contract that we make as an actor and with the, with the audience. Mm. And it's, I'm going to do my best as an artist to present all these things in this story as real and as truthful as possible. And your half of the contract as an audience member is that you're going to do your best to imagine this to be real mm-hmm. and to put yourself in these circumstances and think about all these things and suspend disbelief. Right. That is what we're asking for you as an audience, to meet us 50-50 as an artist and mm-hmm. as an audience. And so when I hear you say that, I'm like, yeah, we all often blame the art. For like, okay, you have to take us away. You have to transport us. But how hard are we working to transport ourselves there? Mm -hmm. And that's where I started working more over time to do that. Where I'm not going to judge. Oh, like you said, the continuity continuity thing like that. It it gets hard sometimes, right? That's because I'm I'm a producer. No, no, but they messed up. You're right. They messed up on their 50%. So that was like negative 5%. So in my end, I'm like, oh, let me me change that 5%. No, no, no. The cup is, they moved it when, uh, when I wasn't looking. You know, let me, let me make yeah. that up now, right? And have fun with it mm. and still engage and not critique in that sense or like right. mark them off for that, you know? Mm. Yeah. That makes sense, yeah? Yeah. No, it does. It does. Mm-hmm. Never thought about that way, yeah. All right, well, we got to do see. thoughts and ideas. <laughs> and that's the least I want to do with my poetry, too, is like to leave someone with a new thought or a new feeling, too. That's, that's like, I know my job is that when someone goes, oh, I never thought of that. Or like, oh, I never felt that before. Mm. And I'm like, I can go to sleep happy tonight. But you know, when, when we first met you and I first saw you at the Playhouse, um, oh my God. I thought you was incredible. Like your yeah. stage presence was amazing. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Like you, you yeah. took me away. Yeah, you did. Like I was really present in everything you were doing. Just even in just your hosting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like wh- wh- how, where did you get that from? Like, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it is years of practice. I'll <laughs> say that for sure. I didn't just wake up hosting stuff. Um, but I think. The combination 
yeah, I think I usually combine poetry, the, the, the power of what poetry is and the power of what acting is, right? I got into them both around the same mm-hmm. time, actually, in college, okay. right? And I, I tried my best to combine the theatrics of acting with the, the raw, like, honesty and vulnerability of poetry, right? And, and I think there's something to that where you feel twice as in the moment, you feel twice as as real and as connected, you know, because even in acting, you want to create a scene with yeah. someone. You're, you yeah. have a scene partner, they, they right. say, right? right? So you're never just doing a monologue to no one. Yeah. And even if you are on screen, right, and you're, you're not speaking to anyone, you're still connecting with someone in your mind, at least, or in your heart. Yeah. So there's always that connection that you need to have with an audience. And I make sure to, like, create that first. I make sure to, like, to connect and see people first and who they are and, and, and really take them in. And then I feel like, all right, now I can, I, I'm going to open up more and be more of myself as much as I can right now and, and start creating that, that contract, right? And, like, this is it now. We're in it. Yeah. We're, about to, we're about to go on an adventure. If y'all want to go, let's yeah. do it. You know, let's, let's make this magic happen. Burr, 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 burr. And, and, and you, you know, you did, like I said, you did an amazing job. Um, I saw that you, you it was definitely yourself. You was in your, in your space. Right. And you know, and it goes to public speaking, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, what we're going to teach people is if you're, if you're just yourself in this, in your space, it just comes out easy. Don't go up there trying to be somebody else. Right. Oh, you know what right, I mean? Right. Like don't, don't go up there and try to be Kevin Hart, like comedian, be funny. Like cause you're not right. <laughs> <laughs> like just go right. be yourself. Right. Yeah. And it comes out amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, the funny thing you say about that is that sometimes it can help someone get out of their shell by pretending to be someone else, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the ir- right. irony of it. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to pretend to be Brad Pitt, who right. I think is the greatest actor or something, and you pretend to be them. And then you can kind of like start connecting with different parts of yourself, which yeah. is cool. But it's not always, of course, reliable. It's not always right. going to be the best thing you can do if you are trying to be yourself, of course. Yeah. But right. there's like elements to even use that properly. You know what I mean? It is. Yeah. Um, even like when I get up on, on stage, like, and I, and I go back to the, like I hosted this uh, gala a couple of months ago mm-hmm. and I, I, I thought I did a horrible job, but everybody Aww. came up to me and no, but it's cause I'm again, I'm a producer, right? So right. Right. I it's overthink everything. It's a different hat. Yeah. And I'm, for 35 years I was behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden I'm in front of the camera. You know, I'm doing this. I'm, you know, hosting galas now. And I'm like, whoa, like I'm not used to being, you know, in front like this. So yeah. I thought I did a horrible job, but everybody was like, no, you did a great job. But, no, you, you did know, great. Yeah. See, everybody, everybody's telling me I did great. And but I think that's because I was just in my head too much. But and, here's the thing. Let me ask this. When they say you did great, did they say anything specific after that? Oh, yeah. Right? Because that helps. I realized as an artist, when someone just said, hey, good job on that poem. And I'm like, well, what did you like about it? They're mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, it was, it was good. Right. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, what was good? <laughs> I well, actually like the bebop yeah. that how you right. were, how you introduced you. music. I mean, to me, yeah. yeah, it's it's a jolt of joy. So it actually mm. allowed me to disconnect and be present and just like really take it in. So I didn't really have to worry about any anything. We were just so zoned in. And then actually, as I would see my son and my daughter to the right and the left, they were so engaged, and they're like, "Oh, mom, like." It's I love it. It's good. And but I think that you were able to kind of allow us to be present, to be there, mm. to take it in and just to feel good. So yeah. I, I, I yeah. definitely like. Well, that about you, it. you remind me of a punch writer. Mm. You know what a punch writer is? Yeah. The they punch up scripts and make it better. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. you're you're quick off the hip. 
mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with everything on your show. Like when you're hosting, like, you know, and, and you're engaging with the, the audience, you know, and they throw something back at you and you're, you're quick with it. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny. Yeah. I, Even I the kids were in inter- like yeah. engaging. Did you kids. see that? Those if kids you could have a child, <laughs> I love the kids. I love the like kids. attention, especially when you're like, you hear poetry, you're right. like, oh man, it's going to be boring. It, right. Not at all. Like it was so interacting. It was so engaging. It was so live. And you definitely were a highlight. My Thanks. kids are really excited uh, to just meet dad. you. And I, talk I love to when you. one of the kids, yeah. one, I think it was a girl who asked you, uh, you paid a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you had to explain yourself with that. And you was like, ah, so let's go. This young kid, yeah. I was like, man, what, did, did your dad tell you to ask me this? Like, I was, I was serious about that. that but you gave so a great. great response, though. Yeah, yeah. I knew I had to get serious with that answer. Yeah, because that an answer like that, right, with money and art and and the way we look at money as a society. Yeah. I know I wanted to give a deeper poetic answer that was more meaningful. Mm-hmm. So that was great. That was but great. you know what? You, you you prove my point what I tell everybody all the time. Don't chase money. Mm, chase your funny. passion. Mm-hmm. The money will always yeah. present itself. And yeah. I, I think you've done that in your career. Like you yes chase no. your no. Yes and no. Let me blow your mind again. Okay. I know we're learning about each other here. <laughs> Check this out. <laughs> so there's a thing apparently with art where you eventually have to learn how to monetize it, right? Well, yeah, true. And I didn't know that for a while. Like, I don't, th- I was just being invited to great events. I was doing open mics, the, the whole circuit. Uh, shout out to Poetry Lounge, too. That was like one of the first open mics I ever went to. And then it was just this kind of thing where I felt like I was just drifting for a while, but I'm having fun. I'm doing yeah. great events. I'm, I'm getting invited to more things, but I didn't really have a set direction. Mm. I didn't really have a set, like, oh yeah, I should have a CD by now and books by now and this, that, and start, you know, branching out and, and, you know, performing at these things or festivals and, all right, I need to go after this now and, and be at the LA Times book festival thing. I wasn't thinking that way. Mm. And I think there's, there's, um, there's a gift and a curse to that. Right. right? And it's, it's like balancing that kind of mentality is not easy because as an artist, we don't really care as much about the business world. Well, but you but know then what, I, got to, I had to get better at it. But no, and, and you're, you're right. But I think, I think you handled it correctly because think about it. If you go to a L.A. Fest, Times Festival or something, you just threw yourself in there, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, they, it could be a curse because you can get up on that stage and do a horrible and somebody can boo you. That's the end of it. Like, mm. it would have took you in the wrong direction, right? Yeah, yeah. But you went and followed your passion first. Yeah, obviously, at some point, you got to start thinking about business, right? right? right. Even, like, with us with this, like, I, like what well, two weeks is going to be a year for us to do this. We hey, don't get paid. We happy pre anniversary. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we don't get paid for this, but we, yeah. at some point we have to start thinking about the business aspect mm-hmm. of it. But that's because our heart is more of the community and we want to like spotlight people like yourself, you know, and do this for the community. So it's not about us making money. Right, We're not right. chasing money here because we both do other things. So, I'm you know, you I that, think yeah. you, I think you did, you know, you went on your path the correct way. Like okay. you, you went, you chased your passion mm-hmm. and look, look what it developed into. Yeah. yeah. I hope yes. you tell my dad that, tell my dad that. Please. <laughs> 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 but you know what it was? I think it was the kids saw someone that's doing oh, what they love right. and is loving what they're doing. Yes. And you don't see that a lot. You don't right. hear that mm. a lot. You're always told what you should be a doctor. They make a lot of money. Yeah. You should be an attorney. And then you have sometimes, and I mean, there are some people that love what they do mm-hmm. and are probably very wealthy and are doing great, but they're not happy. Yeah. And they think that money is, is happiness, but it's really it's not. not. Right. So what these, I think kids saw was like, 
I'm going to do what you're doing because you're having fun. Yeah, he is up to having fun. And kids love that. And you're loving, and people are here to see you. And I want to be just like you. Mm. So I love that, you know, you were able to give them a good um, answer and not shoot down the possibility of being a great poet. Right. You know, and it's soothing the soul too. Oh my gosh. So a lot of kids don't have happiness, you know. But being an artist is hard though. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I actually want to talk about talk about that for a minute. Um, like, thank thank you for that reminder, by the way. That was great to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take that home with me for sure. You know what I'm saying? You're doing what you love. I forget sometimes (laughs) that kids are looking up to me that way. They they, they have those kind of feelings and thoughts about Mm -hmm. pursuing art in a different way. Like, or they didn't, they didn't know poetry could be done like that and stuff like that. That was fun. That was Well, a lot of parents will be what quick to just kind of shit on their dreams you know like well that's not going to make you any money are you going to really be able to support your family have a backup plan you kind of right yeah but it can't it can happen right you know especially if i'm chasing my dream and i'm doing what i love and people recognize that people see that yes and we should be doing a lot more of it you know just encouraging and telling them absolutely and i'll be here every step of the way Mm. And mm. if it doesn't work out the way you expected, well, we can always go back to what? The drawing board. Right, right. That, you know? that, the jobs are, the, the nine to fives aren't going anywhere. Yeah. They're yeah. not. Yeah. They're well, not. So, A lot of people that. will not bet on themselves when that should be the first thing that we do. Woo! We should bet on ourselves regardless. Regardless snaps. Of, those are snaps, of what way, it is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there's so many successful people that, I mean, even, for example, Justin Bieber was discovered, what, through a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Usher found him, right? Yeah, you know what I'm crazy. saying? Yeah. It's like he just uploaded a video and did what? What he loved. And yeah. there you have it. The rest is history. Done. Done. Oh, yeah. And a lot of actors yeah. and business owners, they didn't start till they was like late 40s, like Samuel Jackson. Right. Didn't start till he was really old. Like, yeah. And look at him now. Yeah. It's right. never too late to do anything. Never too late. Yeah. yeah. There's always a backstory. Like, yeah. first I was this, and now I'm doing what I love. You yeah. know? What I mean? And even the 60 or 70 year old woman that played one of the, the elders in Black Panther, mm-hmm. that was one of her like first films she ever did. Mm-hmm. And now she's like part of like cinematic history. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? It's amazing, amazing stuff. So, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. But no, no, no. No, because no, no. I just want to touch on um, because being an artist it is difficult and it's hard, mm-hmm. right? Um, because a lot of people think it's supposed to be instant. They see what's on TV and they're like, oh, okay. And they look at people like yourself on stage. Oh, they do that. Mm-hmm. Like, right? But it's not. It, it's an art form to it and, mm-hmm. and it's a passion you have to put yeah. into it. But what, what was some of the adversities you had to go through? Oh my gosh. Like, oh, now nah, I know it was a lot because I know you're an artist, but like, what was like one of the biggest ones that you had to go through? And I'll, I'll give two. I'll give two real quick. Because one, there tends to be a, among a lot of artists that, that imposter syndrome feeling. Mm. And it, it creeps up on you out of nowhere, or it comes in different forms. Or it can appear as just something you don't expect it to be even. And so, you know, the idea of like letting your light shine and things like that, all those, all those beautiful cliches that we hear mm-hmm. sometimes don't work if we don't think our light is even worthy to shine. Right. Right. Or we don't think that something we have is special enough to offer for whatever reason. Or someone else is already doing comedy. Why would I do comedy? Right. And all the different ways that that shows up. Um, so it's, that's been like a consistent kind of feeling but I see it now and it doesn't affect me as much for sure like I, I'm I think I told my parents a while back 
I said, I'm, I, if I have to end up homeless on a park bench doing this art, I'm going to be doing that. You know, like I'm at, I was at that level of commitment up at least 10 years ago, if not more. And at the same time, those thoughts will still happen. Even with that level of commitment, it, every now and again, but just for shorter periods of time, thankfully. And I think the other hard moments are, are when I think I'm doing something right in working with an organization or a school or a program or something. And then some of the bureaucracy or the certain types of personal agendas that, that start falling into play happen. And I don't know how or why they're happening, but it's like racially insensitive mm -hmm. or it's offensive to me as an artist or there's, there's negative assumptions about me. And that was hard especially when it was from someone that I cared about and I loved and respected as a fellow artist and professional. Um, and I'm doing this in the most respectful way I can to talk about it because I haven't really talked about it often, but it was a very hurtful kind of experience to do this one, um, this one job I did. And it was, uh, man, it, like I had trouble sleeping a few nights, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I had trouble um, connecting with even that that group in my past again when when this friend of mine did this and and started accusing me of things or thinking I'm pitting other artists against them and things like it was very paranoia like a very paranoia driven but also like I said there was a touch of that that feeling of like if it's not racism damn I don't know what else it is right. mm. like it, I, did, I wasn't sure and even not knowing the cause of something can be damaging when you're imagining yeah. the worst mm -hmm. as an artist or because our imaginations are amazing. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. like we could imagine horrible things really okay. well. And so uh, to work through that, to still kind of remember that he's a human being mm -hmm. and remember that he's going through stuff as well. And this, yeah. And this friend, I could, yeah, I could say that, you know, they had kids and, and I remember vulnerably speaking that he also was having problem with his kids and things like that at the time. So, I tried my best to remember that there were moments like that where, oh, so communication and him and, 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 you know, kids not wanting to talk to him, you know, mm. and losing touch with his kids is maybe that's also having an impact on how we're communicating mm -hmm. and his overall frustration with this project and this thing and this thing. And, and I, thankfully I saw him get, you know, equally upset sometimes with two other artists that we were working with. And so it stopped feeling personal as mm. much. And I was able to see more clearly and kind of just keep my distance in a healthy way. Um, and thankfully, you know, with the students and, and the kind of people that our audience was, it was it didn't impact them, mm. you know, not too negatively, thankfully. But it was all a, a beautiful growth kind of experience at the end that we made sure to turn it into, at least. Mm. And, um, and I really learned about how, how hard bureaucracy can be. That was my first toughest lesson I've ever had in that. It was a number of years ago. Um, and it made me, yeah, it made me more mindful also of how to approach issues and, and communication problems with other artists that I, I care about and respect and to, and to take care of those sooner than later. Mm. Right. Because this one, I was, I was told by other people in power to like not pursue that or, or let it go or just let them drive the boat, or, you know, drive the ship. And if you are feeling unsafe on a ship that someone else right. is driving you're going to want to, you know, get your lifeline and jump off that thing, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, and multiple people wanted to quit on this project uh, because of this individual. And thankfully, 
we all kind of even gather together on that mutual trauma and that mm. mutual pain. We a lot of trauma bonding, y'all. Mm. Yeah, that's a thing. Mm. I, whoo, that phrase trauma bonding. <laughs> mm. I used it plenty now that I, I understand it. And right. it was, um, yeah. And overall, I just want to say it was overall that kind of experience that I know now I needed to have to become a better leader. Mm. That's the tougher part to admit. It's like right. if that was really easy to handle, or if I just you know, jump ship, or if, if I didn't speak my piece at the end to the higher powers that be and all that stuff, I would have felt worse. But when I spoke out and I finally let everything out, then I had documents saved, y'all. I had screenshots saved of mm. this offensive. Mm. Oh, I came yeah. correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I had the audio say I was like, thankfully, there was things that we had recorded as a class and all that stuff. And it was like great. Like, it was great to be able to actually come through on 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 getting justice for myself. Right. Mm, that mm. was big. To, to feel like you're doing right by yourself to get justice was great. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's good that you're speaking up because um, so many people just kind of will take it and think that that's normal mm. and allow it to continue yeah. and not really heal from that. But, you know, as individuals, we should speak up for ourselves or yeah. express what you're feeling or like what Mike was saying, you know, kind of rephrase, rephrase what, what you were saying and reframe, yeah. reframe. Yeah. And try to, try to see if that's exactly what was happening, mm -hmm. but it could be something else. It could be something in their personal life, um, that it might not really be what they were wanting to say or feel. It just happened to be the circumstance, but if we're not talking, we're not healing and yeah. we're not Oof. growing, you know, yeah. and it's not a forever thing, but sometimes we allow it to be our normal, right? you right. know, and continue to, to kind of just keep them and store all of that negativity. Yeah, so yeah. how do we express it? How do we know how to put the right words, right? Yes, that's big. Like and even if you saying, can't find the right words, yeah. at least you can find advocates maybe, mm -hmm. or that's why HR is important, right? Yeah. Um, poetry helps you find that. But I mean, keep trying to find the right words is what I always recommend. Yeah, yeah. keep trying. Or even journaling. We always suggest journaling. Mm -hmm. That's a, a good way of kind of getting it out. Write it down and then revisit it and yes. read it and be like, oh, maybe it was also me that was interpreting it, right? Okay, I might have been tripping. Okay, yeah, I was tripping. That's a funny, you know yeah. what I mean? Whenever you revisit and you're like, wait a minute, I did that part? Oh yeah. my God, I forgot I said that. Or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And, yeah. then, and you're also reminding me, to, to remind us all that like we gotta do it like mm. we can say let's journal journal hey you should write you should write but like believe it believe that it's gonna do something and I feel like so many of us will will be watching this or, or listening and we're like oh that's nice that's mm. just nice you know or like yeah I should do that one like I want to remind we can we can do that today like if you've been wanting to write or you've been wanting to do something like please start like start yeah. right now I don't care if you have to turn this off for a second push pause continue listening afterwards right but like, you know, even one of my poems I have is, is about writing now, right mm. now. And I play with the like, right, right now, like that whole wordplay on it. And it's something that I think is so underratedly powerful when we actually apply what we're thinking in the moment and mm. do it and just do it. Like do it, like just make, ah, right now, go, right. stop, yeah. stop messing around. Stop, stop overthinking it. Yeah. Ah, go, go right now, go to a park, wherever you need to go. If you say I need to only write in a park, go to a park. Yeah. How come you ain't going to a park yet? Yeah. You know, like get to that part, homie. Like, let's do it. Yeah, anyway, you know what? It, it's, got me all excited. It's, no, because you you're hitting it right on the point. And when I was younger, I never 
liked writing or reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, math was my biggest thing, right? Yeah. And I never liked talking about anything. I mm-hmm. held everything in. And it wasn't until I got older and when I was married, um, my wife was telling me I needed to, my ex-wife, she was telling me I needed to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, yeah, I ain't going to go. But I finally went, right, because I wanted to, uh, I started to have this growth mindset. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? Let me go. Heck yeah. I, I, I actually went. I said, let me go prove her wrong. Oh, I have, right. I don't have anger management. <laughs> I'm she not saying, angry about yeah, this. Let me go. Like, you have anger problems. No, I don't. I'm going go to I'm gonna go and prove to you. I'm going to go see this therapist. <laughs> he came back and he's like, you I'm right, like, you, you right. You right. right. Yeah. So there's a little problem right angry. there. <laughs> <laughs> but but they taught he oh, one thing it. he taught me it. is yes. um you never never hold things in because it never goes away right it never mm-hmm. dies and, and this he had this quote and I forgot it um but he's is something similar like the longer you hold it in the bigger the explosion at some point it's going to come out and the longer you hold it in the bigger the explosion and he was literally talking about me and every time I held things in there was an explosion it was a huge explosion at some point and I started to really think. Looking back, like, oh, shit, I caused that. Because if I would have talked about it in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And it wasn't until, honestly, about, I want to say, five, six years ago, I already started reading. And um, I used to do audiobooks. Never liked picking up a book. I talked about this last time. Um, once I started putting a book in my hand and started reading, like, a lot of things started to make sense to me. The first book I read all the way through, uh, well, it was probably the second book, was called Buddha in Your Mirror. This book was so amazing to me. I don't read it five times already. Oh, nice. Like things, then I started reading other books about, you know, spirituality and just, you know, um, energy. You know, I'm into energy and meditation and all that. Like things started to make sense. And then one of my executives taught me one day, write things down. Because I always thought I knew everything, right? Yeah. It's like, Mike, you got to write down, write down. So I started writing things down, right? And then I, I still kept forgetting things, right? He was like, he was like, Mike, I told you to write things. I was like, dude, I did. It's right here. And right. I started showing him my notebook. He was like, okay, but once you write it down, you got to actually go back and read it. <laughs> but it's true. Like, I started I off. That all the time. Right. No. Yep. I, it's true. Like, I started writing real simple stuff, like what I want to do today. I started doing like 10 to 15 things. Yeah. Like, right. Even if you don't get through it, you're writing your thoughts down. You write, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. Like simple things. Just start with simple things. Then I started getting into writing. I'm actually writing two books right now. Come on now. Can you, like, I never like to read wow. or write. Now I'm in the middle of writing two books because now I write, I start journaling. I start writing down my thoughts and all that stuff. So reading and writing, I wish I would have learned this as a kid. I know. They kind of taught you that in school. Yeah, right? <sighs> I know. We got we to gotta let that go. We gotta, just forgive yourself now for <laughs> no, it. It's no, no, no. Okay. You know what? But I, I was more focused on numbers. <laughs> right, so right. Great with, with, with math and numbers. That's a um, gift too, man. That's a gift. My yeah. gosh. I was the numbers guy. But, but I wish I would have like started all this earlier because, man, the knowledge that I'm getting now. Yeah. Wow. Knowledge is power. It is. Mm, so, true. I mean, you're right. I mean, if people just start writing now. Just mm. the simple things. Simple things, yeah. Simple things. And I think it, even when you're describing the list or, or different different things you can write journally, um, I remember learning about how poetry and writing about something maybe that you're emotional about or something like that, you're activating po- both parts of your brain. Mm-hmm. And it, it's occupying that same space in there that, that causes like a kind of alignment and focus and concentration that's really special, that's really like central and, and I think that's part of where that peace comes in. When I, I talk about world peace through inner peace a lot, 
and utilizing poetry to tap into that. And so I feel like I finally found the scientific reason for that, you know, with that kind of explanation. And, um, yeah, I just, like, I won't get tired of recommending that. Like, people, I hope you get tired of me, like, telling <laughs> telling you to write no. until you do mm-hmm. it because that's what I think a lot of people don't realize is such a simple fix, a simple yeah. heal, a simple creative fun thing. Um, I've hosted, like, poetry um, open mics at, at people's homes, you know, and they, they're all having a great time. And they didn't know they could have a great time with a piece of paper and a pen. Oh, and just, yeah. like, three or four people, you know? You know, I, I think I, I think I've said this multiple times, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna continue to just keep preaching stuff. I mean, mm. we as humans, we make things difficult. <laughs> like life really is simple; it's just not easy. Mm. Like that's one of my first favorite isms. And my, I got a good friend of mine. She she texts me like once every other month, and she she said, "Mike, I still don't get it." Because <laughs> I always tell her, "Life is simple, not easy. Mm. We make it difficult." Mm. She's like, "Life isn't simple." I said, no, life is really simple. It really is. It's just not easy. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to challenge that a little bit. I'm going to add to it. I'll, you know, I'll add to it more than challenge. Um, it's the specifics, I think, we're talking about. So the, the things that we learn negatively or the things we have to unlearn make it difficult. Yeah. Right? I don't think we as humans necessarily inherently sometimes make things difficult. But, like, there's that idea that however we learn something or was brought up, makes it difficult well right? no you're right and, you and and i've talked about this before we, we we're all from the we system mm. right as a family like your name was given to you right right you didn't choose your name everything that you known from the t- time of your birth up until you know whatever whenever you decided to go to the i system yeah it's something your 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 family your aunt your cousins your surroundings whatever your environment was was given to you. Everything that you knew was given to you. Right. Right. And at some point you break away from that and you become the I system. Right. Mm. You start learning. Oh no, that don't make sense. I'm going to do it this way. Mm. So you, you graduate from the we system to the I system. Yeah. And I think that that's what you're talking about right now. That unlearning. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's actually your psychological safety. Yeah. And we're not taught that you have choices, you know, yeah. like you were saying, growing up, you were never, it, that's what we're going to eat, you know, and you get late, later on in life, you're like, I really don't like eggs. Why am I eating them? Right. Well, Cause I've been giving them, you know, it, we have to eat this all the time. But what we teach in the workshops at the high schools, is that psychological safety, um, that you can make that choice, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you do have that power. You know, if you want to wear two right shoes, wear them. That's your prerogative. Right. You know, but you're always told, like, no. So that's why I continue to tell people, ask yourself this. Is this a hell yes or is this a hell no? <laughs> Exercise that. Yeah. Utilize that in every aspect of your life. You know, from the clothes, from the food, from the relationships, from the job, um, even from the things you watch on TV. You don't have to sit there and watch it. You're choosing to yeah. sit there and watch it. And, and it goes even, you know, like like I've, I've always taught my kids, because um, I, I really believe this, like I'm not responsible for your happiness. Ooh. I'm going to give you the tools and the guidance, but the decisions you make today is what's going to shape you who you are tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be me. Yeah, I'm not responsible for your happiness. I'm responsible for your well-being and all that, and, and as a parent, to guide you. But ultimately, it's going to be your decision how you 
grow up and how you want to live your life. Yeah. I tell my kids that all the time. Interesting. So do you give them birthday parties? I used to, not no more. What? Yeah. I did not oh, think I'm you so were big say on that. that. I'm what? huge. Well, on no, well, parties. first of all, my daughter's 21 and my yeah. son's 26. Okay, okay, that's that's They're a little, little different. That's a little different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never, I don't have I don't have babies. No you're ne- I'm like you're never. <laughs> no, I have babies. I'm like on the flip no. side of him. I okay. think you're never too old for birthday parties. Right, one, right. and well, no, for but, his last birthday, he, yours, you didn't want to do anything. You didn't, and I had to kind of tell him, wait a minute, the day that you were born, that's God's gift to humanity. Mm. So how can you not hey, celebrate? You know that? what? You know what? You, you remember know, this that? Is funny. This is funny. Like on how you getting the finger pointing on, on my better. last daughter's birthday. Not I know her twentieth birthday. Me and my ex wife. Me and my ex wife was married for twenty five years, and we're great friends, right? So we joke around with our yeah. kids a lot. Um, we're sitting at her house, and it was Kira's twentieth birthday, and I brought her a present. I still give my kids gifts, Aww. but yeah. um, <laughs> Nina was like, "Why?" Are we celebrating the kid's birthday when it was us for 20 years doing all the work? Mm. Like, she was like, it should be our birthday. <laughs> like, we should be getting the parties. Yeah, oh, no. I'm so big on birthday parties. <laughs> like, you know what? You got to celebrate. We did this for 20 years. <laughs> no. You should have saw the look on my daughter's face, though. She was like, no. No. I don't we ain't doing that. Yeah. Today is Y'all my gonna day. Y'all can have your parenting party another yeah. day. Okay. Are you big on celebrations oh, since your birthday just passed? I'm still celebrating my birthday. That's yeah. right. Mine was April 10th, but I'm I'm still having three or four friend gatherings, uh, a thing at an arcade. Um, I'm trying oh, to organize a movie, like hang out, um, you know, one or two more house parties maybe. And not like house party, house party, but like, you know, house gatherings. Okay? Yeah. Um, well, I else? did that. Um, yeah. What was it? Earlier, oh, I, I did it uh, April. Shit, she's gonna kill me. Oh, oh, beginning Uh-oh. of my, my girl. Oh, no, I yeah, threw her a bit. No, I like throwing parties. Yeah, yeah. I threw her a huge birthday party. It was supposed nice. to be a little gathering, but that turned into a huge birthday party Aww. at my house. No, I do. <laughs> I, love, I love. I love. I love having parties. Yeah. I'll give someone a party. So my, my joke was, though, it was that happiness, I'm not responsible for their happiness, but I, happy birthday, right? Happy birthday party. <laughs> that was my that was my connection there. Oh, okay. I don't know. I hope it was funny. Um. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, we're, we're big, and not only that, but celebrations for other people, for anything. Yeah. You know, we have to remember to be playful. We have to remember to celebrate, mm-hmm. even for the littlest things. Yeah. You know, for a new job, for a new shoe, for a new car, for a new achievement, even just to get out, get to the gym when mm. you don't do anything for yourself. I don't think we know how to really celebrate. Mm. We don't know how to be happy anymore, I think. Wow. You know, we're. I think we're better mm. at critiquing what we're not doing, what we haven't done. Mm. You know, or even if someone's happy and celebrating something, it's like, why do they always have to celebrate their birth? Because they're happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? These are things that are healthy for, for our well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we got to be able to just kind of show up. Well, I like celebrating. Smile. Well said. Yeah. I like celebrating. Oh, I do too. <laughs> I like the way you said that. Yeah. I, I like celebrating. I like celebrating. I'm trying to celebrate. Look, look, look. look. No, look. Today's April 14th. Today's April 14th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And four days is going to be, <laughs> I joke with my girl about this because we just got together, right? Aww. It's going to be. I joke when I said your 90 day probation is going to be over with You're on the so 18th. <laughs> 90 day probation. She's you know how work you get a 90 day probation. <laughs> <laughs> so I said after that, we're going to be official, official. Did, there you go. Did she laugh? 
Yeah. Oh, my girlfriend is very sarcastic. So okay. Okay. All the time. So y'all got that humor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, we're actually and, celebrating 18 years of relationship. Oh. We'll be celebrating 17 years of marriage. Wow. I'm trying to convince Marcy that um, we've been together three years. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Are, because we met going? three years ago. Yeah. No, we did. Me and Marcy. See, that's the thing. Me and Marcy huh. actually met three years ago, and we tried to date back then. It just we both was in just different spaces, right? Oh, but we yeah. did like each other, um, and we remained friends. We didn't like we didn't force it into where we forced it and it didn't work. And I'll go and talk to each other. We let it like die out, but we remained friends. We even went out a couple of times, you know, through these uh, couple of years. But she keep dismissing the fact that no, we we haven't known each other that long. We're like Marcy, we know each other three years. She trying, she's trying to erase. She's like, yeah, but we wasn't talking the whole three years. So like, we really just kind of like, and I was like, no, you can't just erase time. Like you can't erase the two years. So she's trying to shrink it down to like, Mm -hmm. no, we probably known each other maybe a year. Like, how are you just going to erase two years? Like, yeah, I still knew you. (laughs) I could see it though. I I could see it. You're talking about anniversary of knowing someone, but then. Is she saying the anniversary of like the continuation yeah. of yeah, the joy that you both yeah, are sharing? Now? Yeah, I, you know I, what I mean. I get what she's saying too, but you, you can celebrate both. Time, you can celebrate both. I'm okay with that. That's what, what I'm saying. I'm just trying to make it longer. I mean, that's what that's what I hear because I might have known people growing up here, but I don't know people mm. because that gives you a gap of years of people evolve, people change. You know, yeah, they and they but can be somebody different. I asked her, I said, you knew me, right? Like, when you saw me, you said hi to me. She's like, yeah, okay, okay, then. We've known each other three you're years. You're so stupid. <laughs> you it's not girl. like you didn't die. Girl, know your three years is coming up. <laughs> oh, happy probation. You know? Happy probation. <laughs> oh, no, I got four days. That's a first, Mike. I'm going to give her a... Do they have a Hallmark card for that? I'm going to go find one. You're oh, so yeah. You can write one. Actually, yeah. I'll give an a idea for a lot of people to use right now because I, I, would, I always love writing poetry in, my, in cards. Oh, yeah. Right? And I would buy the blank Trader Joe's cards and have mm-hmm. something beautiful and fun on the outside and then write a birthday poem or like a wedding poem to someone or whatever. Like something on the inside that's matter, that yeah. just matters, right? And so you reminded me of that, of like, yeah, you can write. Happy <laughs> probationary period. <laughs> And you can write a poem to her and everything if you want. Hey. He said your 90 days hey, are up. Your 90 days are up. Congratulations. Happy time, girl. Right? I wasn't you sure about you. You get all the benefits you. now. <laughs> right. I wasn't sure about you at day 30. At day 60, it felt really gritty. But now that we're at 90, I'm feeling like you're my baby. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, go in. Go in. You know? Hey, why not? She's going to love this. <laughs> She's gonna love this. I play. I always play her the funny part of the interview. Oh and, and by the way, yeah. um, she has one of your books because oh, uh, the first time we met, she she met you. We took a picture oh, yeah. together, right? Right. And uh, she bought your book, and she actually told me last month she finally opened it, and she was blown away. Yes. And she never read poetry before. She was like, "Wow." She was like, "My uh, Sean, the book that I, we bought at the poetry." She was like, "It's amazing." Mm. So she really loves your book. I'm glad she got through that probationary period of poetry. Yeah, she opened the book finally. Good right, job. I'm all right from too much. Right. <laughs> At 60 days. 60 days later, she's like, let me open this book. Yeah. That's usually real. how long it takes for people to get interested in poetry, actually. So y- y'all are hitting on something. Thank you for that. Oh, my God. This is good times, yeah. This is why, people, you have to have conversations. Right. You never know, you never know. what you're going to get, honestly. <laughs> I tell people, if you can carry a conversation from one topic to another and laugh and cry and have like really heart to heart, like just moments, Mm. 
you know, you're getting somewhere in life. Oh, you know, but you know what? It, it goes back to what we were just talking about before um, about holding things in, right? Okay, if bring, you it have, back. bring it back. If yeah. you just have a simple conversation with somebody in the beginning, right? It's it, it's not that hard or difficult. The longer you wait, it becomes difficult, right? Because mm-hmm. now you have a lot of emotions that you just built up and yeah. saved and tucked in. So that that's when the unhealthy conversations mm-hmm. start. Because now you have animosity, you have anger, and all this stuff. I just don't think people know how to, like, I express that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really, really feel that people don't know how to have conversations. They don't know how to start if emotion doesn't take over. And when you say people, let's get specific to it. What's the percentage of people you're talking about? I think that's general. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, with my husband, we have a great communication. Mm-hmm. Um, even for example, this morning, you know, um, there was something up and instead of doing other things, it, I, I actually said, do you want to talk? Like we should talk. And then after that, he goes, you know, I love that about you oh. that it's just not, you know, like just, I don't know, intimacy <laughs> or whatever it could be. We're just talking. I love that. But you That's, know, you know, you know, what's funny is I was just telling Marcy this, uh, the other day me and my ex-wife nina like when we was married for 24 years we rarely talked about our feelings or anything no now that we're just friends and like raising our kids like even our kids are older we still like help we communicate way better now yeah but that's because we both you know grew and we understand the importance of communication Mm. No, but I tell like couples all the time, like once your kids move out, let's say you're always busy, you know, your excuses. Oh, it's because the kids always have some. Okay, they're going to grow up and eventually move out. Then what? Mm, Are you even going to know your partner? Things that have happened along the way. Like, do you tell each other what happens, you know, at work? Do you communicate, you know, if you're not, if you're struggling, if you had a rough day or you have a conflict with, um, you know, a coworker? that should be the person that you're kind of navigating through those emotions. Like, or, you know, and they're able to give you a different perspective. Well, maybe they're just struggling at home. Maybe they have an issue with their wife or their kids or, you know, are drinking. Mm. You really don't know what that other person's going through. And unfortunately, maybe you caught them on a a wrong day. And maybe that's why they had attitude. But if you're not having these conversations and just expressing what, you know, what you're feeling or what you're going through, like, how is anyone going to ever kind of know, Mm. you know, what you're going through? So that's why I'm so big on conversations. You never know where a simple hello will go, even in the grocery store. That really might... (laughs) Make no. somebody's day really like, yeah. hey, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, I love your hair. You know, whatever it may be. And maybe you had a shitty day that day and someone's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, I do got the hair going. Yeah. You know, a simple hello really goes a long way, y'all. No, and, and that's the one of the biggest things that Marcy and I have. You know, we, all, yeah. we talk about it a lot. Like, we have to keep open conversation. <clears throat> no matter how hard you think it may be, like, we have to talk about it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, y'all. Are, I love how y'all are just oozing about these relationships you're in. This is beautiful. Um, I, I think as I I've been through a lot. Um, I've been through two long relationships, so I know what's important at, at my age now. You know what works and what doesn't work, and I know communication is huge. But it's not even relationships. I think that's just in life, even with kids. Oh, yeah. You know, if you're not having a conversation with maybe a nephew or a niece or just a child that, you know, you might do workshops with, 
you're never going to know what they're really going through or what their experience are or how to even um, put that emotion on paper. Mm -hmm. If you're not even Mm -hmm. having a conversation Mm -hmm. or say, hey, how was your day? How is school? What's your favorite subject? You know, what are the things that you like to do? Just create that, just, you know, that, um, that conversation. And you're going to really know a lot about that person from just simple questions, Yeah, you know? So it's important. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. Yeah, They don't know how to pick up the phone anymore and be like, what's up? What did you do today? (laughs) You know what? I I guess what I'm hearing in the way you're saying it is like, they're, they're not doing this and y'all need to be doing it. Why aren't you doing it? Kind of feeling instead of like having that more compassionate curiosity, like my friend likes to say, of being Mm -hmm. like, why, 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 literally, why aren't you doing it? Is, right. is, is everything okay? Like to right. even ask, hey, do right. you have a trouble with wanting to talk or anything like that? Can we talk about that even? A lot of people, yeah. I feel like there's so many insecurities in this world that are overwhelming, yeah. that are overwhelming, y'all. There are people that literally, like you said earlier, are, are nervous to walk out the house or work, nervous to go into a public setting and work out or do something yeah. that we take for granted because we have a certain level of comfort. And I think with poetry, it's taught me all the stories in between that I forget about. It Mm. it shows me so many stories of people that have so much of a harder life than I ever would have imagined that I forget every single day. Mm. So it's like, even even the way we're talking about, the ironic part is that we're talking about people critiquing people and we're critiquing those people. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're at that level now and it's like, wait, no, no, we don't have to critique them. We can empathize with them. Exactly, empathy. Yeah. Yeah, but even then if... If they're not, um, I guess, even feeling comfortable, like, man, I can kind of call you. I know that you're willing to to hear me out. You know, things can be really different. And it's not it's not really to even critique. It's more to encourage. Okay, Okay. like it's to encourage like, hey, create that conversation. You know, call that one person that you've been meaning to call. You you really never know um, what they're going through, or maybe they want they have something to say, yeah, yeah. or they just want to be heard. Right. Yeah. Well, you know? most people do. Yeah, they just yeah. want to be heard, right? But I think a lot most on the other side, flip side of that, most people don't want to call you and say like how uh, Arvin was telling us that one day. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Like they just want to be polite, but they're not really ready for that answer <laughs> right. that you're gonna give them. Yeah. And now you got to sit there yeah. and like listen to like, oh my god, mm-hmm. like I didn't oh, really, want really this. But is that busy. an assumption though? Yeah. Are we assuming that they don't? We really are assuming, that, right? Yeah. And then we're preventing real dialogues from happening yeah. by assuming the worst mm-hmm. of somebody else. When yeah. maybe they're at first, maybe they'll be like, oh, I don't know if I can handle this, right? Mm-hmm. But then maybe they say you, we say something that sparks something in them, and they're like, oh, okay, no, this they genuinely want to talk. They, Mm-hmm. All right, no, no, I'm th- I remember when we did this back in high school, and w- w- now we're connecting again in a new way, and it's, I'm okay. I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. Right, yeah. but, you yeah. know, again, if, if pe- people do assume, right, but mm-hmm. if, if you get out of that mindset and just remember, people sometimes just need to vent for a few minutes. Right. They just want to be heard. Right. And that's why I tell people all the time, call me. A friend of mine called me the other day, and she was like, my son, I'm crying. I was like, no, call me anytime i don't care if you're crying mm-hmm. if you need to get something off your chest i'm here to again going back to listening right right i listened for 10 minutes to her and she felt so much better afterwards just 10 minutes out of my time like why wouldn't i do that yeah, for somebody yeah. especially a friend like why wouldn't i do that thank you yeah it's thank true you. even my mom sometimes she just calls she goes i just wanted to hear your voice <gasps> Right. You know, I just and I, then <laughs> oh I feel ba- like I feel bad because I'm like, I'm like I'm in like I'm in a rush or on yeah. this and, but you know and uh, 
that kind of just reminded me, like, I really should just kind of slow down, you know, and just hear her out. All she wanted to do is hear my voice. So that I guess that's what I'm trying to do is promote conversations. You know, if if you're not if you don't have anyone to, to have a conversation with, write it down. Yeah, I notice sometimes we project as well, right? Mm-hmm. And so even you saying that about picking the phone and call somebody, maybe are you saying you need to call your mama? Yeah, <laughs> no, you know what? I do actually. Did you I, miss her phone call? I, Let's call her right now. I live. did. Let's call her live. I actually popped up on them the other day, and they weren't home. And my dad goes, "You know, you could have called us. Yeah, you know, we would have waited for you. Um, but yeah. then the other day we did. But I said, "Hey, we were just at the store. We bought you guys some watermelon and some papaya. I know you guys like fruit." And then he called me the a few days after that, and he was like, hey, you know that watermelon you got? Like, it was so sweet. And I said, oh, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Dad. And it at least gave us something to talk about. Right. It was a watermelon. <laughs> so sweet. Y'all are so sweet. Yeah, but what we don't realize is that tomorrow's not promised. Right. You know what I mean? And you're right. Maybe I should be picking up the phone more. And I think mm. we should all be picking up the phone for each other or for our you know, parents or just anybody. I'm, I'm definitely playing this episode for Marcy. Oh, yeah. this, is, this is the Marcy episode. She anything, that's yeah. what I'm looking at. That. No, <laughs> no, because you know what? Because she she be in a rush all the time, right? Because yeah. she she does a lot. She she takes care of her. She had a huge family. She takes care of her family, and she loves texting. Mm-hmm. And I always, t- I'm I'm trying to get her out of that. I'm like, dude, yeah. pick up the phone. Like, I want to hear your voice. I want to ask you, how was your day? I don't want to do it. Today. Mm-hmm. You know, but she been, she's moved so fast and she's she's trying to learn to slow down. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Or maybe I get I, we were at a funeral yesterday um, for my husband's aunt and um, we got together for Christmas and they were supposed to join us. They live in San Diego, um, but she um, she sang in the choir and every year she would, you know, per, uh, you know, uh, I guess become a part of the service. And um, we were at her memorial yesterday and um she passed away in January, right? I think it happened in January. And they happened to be having that conversation like, you know what? I'm getting kind of up there in age. I don't think I could, you know, perform on Christmas. Like, actually would like to get together with the family next year for Christmas. Um, you know, they were looking at the pictures. We had a good time. And unfortunately, she didn't make it. Mm. But she was one of the aunts that I always look forward to seeing and having great conversations with. And yesterday at the service, I told her daughter, I said, you know, it's weird not to see your mom here. But the fact that we're all together, you know, um, because of her, to remember her, you know, I guess she is kind of here. But I guess that's why I I continue to say that about conversations, because I wish I would have called her. And now I can't. And sometimes that happens with our loved ones, with each other. Hmm. You know, we could be having this conversation right now. Maybe in a few weeks, I won't be here. You know, Who, who really knows? But the fact that we were willing to have this conversation, I'm encouraging people to have conversations, can really change somebody's day, life, future. Yeah. You know, not only that, but that moment, that present. I, I tell people all the time, stop thinking you have tomorrow or next week, like because you really don't know. You really don't. You really don't. So. Know. This is important. Not only that, with your poetry, you'll live on forever. Your words, your thoughts will live on forever. Somebody will eventually... After your passing, pick up that book and be like, oh, shit. Sean was really saying that. I felt that. Yeah. You know, I really needed to hear that. So that's why I love what we do, actually. It's uh, giving us the opportunity to share these conversations, you know, allow you to tell your truth 
tell your story. Right. You know, somebody needed to hear that, yeah. or maybe you needed to be here. You know, you brought good energy from the moment you came in. Sean Not only for the puppies, energy. right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but and, and this is why I, I created this this show um, is because there are timeless conversations. Yeah, like someone's gonna listen to this five, ten years from now yeah. and just hear some of the words that you speak in. Even that you're going to speak in about ten minutes, you're going to get some of that those powerful poems, and I figured, I figured words of wisdom. No um, you know, and you just never know who is going to help. You never know a word, you know, um, a saying, a poem. You never know who is going to help at at, at at that time. Yeah, yeah, that's the beauty of it. With um, with I think just the collective uh, consciousness they call mm-hmm. right, and and knowing to even even to imagine actually. That ever since there was life on this planet, we've all been looking at the same sun in the same moon. You know, to even feel connected to your entire human race in that one way feels so special sometimes when you can right. just think about it. Mm-hmm. And with poetry, I've been affected by by poets, by poets that have long passed, and and to feel really moved by what they've said and what they shared in their stories and how much, like you said, it's just timeless, timeless mm-hmm. stories mm-hmm. that have been written to these pages. And there's so many different ways we can absorb a story, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a book, right, whether it's a movie, a film, whatever. But I think the point that it feels like you're getting at is is to still take it in, to take that time, mm-hmm. slow down, take a breath, breathing. By the way, I, I will never get tired of talking about breathing. Yes. Never. Because it is one of the most universally powerful ways to relieve stress mm-hmm. and find peace that we carry with us every single day of our life and we forget mm. yeah and it's like beautiful amnesia to forget that and then remember it again and remember oh yeah i can <sighs> deep breathing number one stress reliever in the world yeah and we think it's oh it's, we think it's the yoga we think it's the sex we think it's uh the cigarettes or the, any kind of other inhaling smoke of other this all these other substances but actually all those things require deep breath mm. And I think that's just one of my favorite reminders to get people. No, you know, and, and we forget it because, like, I, I meditate a lot, right? <clears throat> and uh, even, like, today I, I had a uh, board meeting had to go to this morning. And I got frustrated. And I was <laughs> texting my girl, Marcy. And she that's what she said. She's like, take a breath. Mm. That's all she said. She know what she's talking about. No, she did. She, she know. said, she she said know. It's, okay. she said, it's okay, take a breath. I was like, right. And sometimes we have to be reminded because when we're in that, in that um, moment, you know, of frustration and all that we forget Mm -hmm. just take a breath yeah she had to remind me yeah and even before theater shows there was always a good director that would say like you know every every director that i know that would say this was one of my favorites and they would say oh yeah okay so everyone we got the blocking we're about to open night open night it's gonna be great and remember to have fun right i'm like oh right that's right we we love doing this that's right we love telling stories this way (laughs) all right why am i so stressed out i'm like ah (laughs) so it's yeah great reminders that to have fun take breaths very simple stuff, right? Yeah. Um, y'all are great. It really is. So um, tell us about these books real quick yeah. before, okay. um, before we get into this other stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm still working on being a better marketer. I'm just, I'm just again, the business side. I'm, I'm getting better at this. That's okay. So these are the top three books that I, I sell at my shows. Um, right. I, I'll start off with the anthologies that I'm in. This anthology is called Voices for Animal Liberation, Inspirational Accounts by Animal Rights Activists, and basically, there's also a foreword by the president of PETA. And I didn't know, by the way, that the president of PETA in the foreword was going to shout out the poem that I added to this book. Hey. Oh. It was really a, like a delightful surprise that she even read my poem. 
I didn't, I didn't know she did that. Uh, so shout out to Ingrid. And um, basically some of the people from this book, uh, one of them is like an Olympian. Another one is the documentary maker that did uh, Earthlings, which was narrated by Joaquin Phoenix and a very powerful film about animal rights and just, just amazing perspectives that you don't normally think about when you think about animals, basically. Mm. And these are stories not to convert people. I always want to stress that. But they're, they're stories of how people personally got into activism with animals and animal rights and, and how they even connected to different parts of themselves in that journey. And one example is a, is a friend of mine that interconnected um, being a person of color and a, and a black woman to the respect she found for cows being women as well mm. and the kind of mistreatment of a cow, you know, sexually as a woman and how she could relate to that. I was like blown away mm. by these kind of connections that people talked about. Um, so yeah, shout out to all the activists across the country that are doing great work and, and doing the kind of work that I forget is going on every day mm -hmm. that even protects the dolphins at SeaWorld right, from being right. mistreated and things like yeah. that. You know what I mean? So just shout out to the entire Voices for Animal Liberation team and the oh. countless people that are in that. Uh, any questions about that, or should I go into the next book? No, go oh. for it. Okay. Yeah. This one was made during 2020. Uh, it's called The Year That Changed America, and it was created by a compilation of artists during a workshop that we were doing um, that a friend of mine actually got me into, and I was blown away by how beautifully consistent, frequent, and vulnerable all these people were being in this workshop. And then by the end of it, it was man, months, months in, they um, decided they wanted to put everything into a book. Mm. And the, the leader of the workshop, Kevin, um, Kevin Powell, he was this guy I had no idea about. But he was on like the real world, MTV's real world way back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Y'all remember yeah, him? I know, yeah. And, and I didn't know he, he was like a great poet. And he, he dove into mm -hmm. poetry so beautifully. He's been around for ages now doing poetry. And... Um, yeah, he was the, he was kind of the spearhead of the whole of the whole thing, okay. and it was made for and made with and made by all the people, all the poets and writers in this workshop. Nice. And some of the guest writers that he got into this book were Gloria Steinem, Etan Thomas, Nancy Mercado, Dave Zerwin, Jackson Katz, Jessica Caremore. Shout out to her in a new film as as well. Asha Bendel, Tim Wise, Bob Holman, and V, formerly known as Eve Ensler, who did the vagina monologues. And uh, Nikki Giovanni. Mm. And I was like blown away that I can say now I'm in a book with Nikki Giovanni. Who's right. just, in yeah. case y'all don't know, a legendary poet, <laughs> highly recommend her work. Um, and it basically sums up a lot of the experiences during 2020 and during the quarantine, during the, all the racism and injustice that was going on. And really, like it's almost like a, a sneak peek into that time again, but with a beautiful focus on poetry, on fiction, um, on journal entries, on blogs, and essays of new and previously published authors. Just great. great. I'm still reading yeah. this, actually. I'm still taking right. in these stories. Actually, trip out on 2020. It was such a, I guess, it was interesting times. I think it allowed us all to pause, you know, and really see who we are mm -hmm. and where we're heading Ooh. and what we're doing. Yeah. And they take everything away wow. that we thought really mattered and at that point we were asked to stay still and for a lot of people it really just interrupted their their lives in so many foul ways um 
we were actually doing um what is it like a food services and we tripped out because we were out in the streets where no one would even dare to step out so we would um you know travel from you know here palmdale area into los los angeles hollywood um you know i guess santa monica area and it was empty there was nobody around. Really? Nobody was outside. Nobody existed. But I would tell my husband, like, you know that it's almost like we're the only ones that are here, that are present, and the only people that really matter right now. You know, so it was a trip. Like, every time I think about, like, just giving our experiences of 2020, I tell my husband, I wish we would have filmed a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there were some weird people out in the streets, though. Like, down in downtown, <laughs> yeah. it just looked like <laughs> people were just up to some weird-ass stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mobbing through the streets, right. just walking, yeah. and, you know, businesses closed. Right. And it was just some, I don't know, out of this world kind of experience. No, that's LA for you. Like, we'll give you a little bit of everything. We'll give you the beauty. We'll give you the randomness. We'll give you the chaos. We'll give you the unknown. Like, that is the the perfect melting pot. Seriously. Yeah. The best way to describe it is like in the movie Purge. Like oh that. my gosh. It was yes. so like just walking through the streets, like looking in your car, and it's just us two, you know, with masks <laughs> and. We're just here to pick up food, man. (laughs) We're just here to drop stuff off. And the fear with some of these people and the fact that they would trust us Mm -hmm. to come deliver food. Yeah. You know, and just the fear. And sometimes they would just pop out, you know, from windows. And it's like, you're scared of me, but I'm bringing you food. Right. right. We'll see you next time. But we we got to see some places, um, you know, in the city that other people wouldn't be allowed to. And so they're these gated homes. and. You know, so I don't know. That just kind of brought me back to that. Wow. Wow. That moment. I guess I had to share that. Yeah, you did. Sorry. Yeah, you did. No, no worries. No worries. Uh, <laughs> and that's the funny thing about fear, though, you're making me think about is it's not rational. You yeah. Know? It can be rational sometimes, irrational the next day, the next minute. And uh, and that's I think that's the beauty and the curse of it as well. You know, fear it can make us, you know, if we look at it the right way, it can make us do something and, yeah. and push through and be in, and have the courage to get through it. And other times it makes us want to isolate and, and hole up in our hole and yeah. even 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 isolate when we didn't need to isolate. You know, yeah. now we're I'm still in the habit sometimes of isolating when I don't need to. Yeah. And that's been interesting to figure out or or to kind of reflect on. Yeah. Yeah. We actually look forward to it because we would just sit there for hours and just have conversations. Mm-hmm. So we'd go deliver for like sometimes even three hours. Mm-hmm. And the whole time we're just talking. Yeah. Going on and on about whatever, you know, and things we would see and people we would come across and whatever. But that was a You probably got some good mementos you could write down still though. Oh you know? my God. Yeah. That's, that's actually what kind of made me want to be on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my husband was like, man, if people would hear the shit we're talking about right now. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah, we got another episode so, coming You know out. what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the last book, yeah, y'all yeah. read him? Because uh, this is the doozy right here. This was the first poetry book I had ever published, and it was with two great friends. Um, and my friend Jason Brain, who published this as well, his birthday's coming up on the 27th. Uh, hey. And my brother's the 27th as well. Um, C.R. Cohen is the other author as well. Three poets in one book. Um, basically, it's it's kind of like a discussion on poetry mm-hmm. and a discussion on what it means to be a poet or what it means to have this kind of like 
undying urge to write and to peel the layers away of that. So that first half of this book is that kind of concept. And we, we go back and forth with the poems. Okay. So you don't really know whose poem you're reading because it's, it's separated by symbols mm. instead of our names, right? Okay. And that's, that was like a fun little experimental thing we had to do, right? And then the second half of the book has each one of our own chapbooks, they're called, which is like a miniature poetry book. Mm. And so in each chapbook is about maybe, you know, five, anywhere between five to ten poems each of each author. And those are kind of like separated, like stories and, and you know, deliveries of, of our own thoughts and, and ideas and, you know, different, just different fun poems that we wanted to include in this book. And, uh, and I think I'll say that in terms of world peace through inner peace, this is a book that I feel like would help people get that. Mm-hmm. This is the, one of those projects that I've done where all of it's contained between this and my album i would say if you're not able to tap into your own inner peace at the end of it then i failed you as an artist right. mm. you know if you're not able to tap into all the things that you know you're passionate about in this world that you want to give back or you want to give to yourself even then yeah i'll yeah i'll give you a hug and a, and a refund you know mm. <laughs> like something uh has to move in someone i think if they really take in what we put down as artists in this book and what I put down also in that in that CD because it was such a, a condensed like like everything in my life that I was going through at that time. Like one of the poems was inspired by Katrina, for example. Mm. And I I tried to put all the best world solving type of solutions into all these poems. Mm. And so that's really what I want to give with each one of my poems is like. A slice of life, sure. Like, I know mm. a lot of poets do slices of life and very personal stuff that feels therapeutic maybe for people. And then at the same time, I know I wanted to focus more on solutionary type of thinking, solutionary type of poems, where you, you're going to go through some rocky stuff maybe in the, middle, in the middle or the beginning of the poem, but you're going to end with strong solutions of what to do in life or with your mind or with your heart. Mm. Nice. Guaranteed to your money back. So, so where can I um, get these books? Oh, if you want it signed, you can reach me on Instagram, and I could set that up for you, but on it's on Amazon. It's on, um, you know, I think two of the, the anthologies are in Barnes & Noble. Okay. Uh, this one, I, I'm pretty sure it might be in Barnes & Noble. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I like signing it and putting a little personalized poem. So in case yeah. y'all like that, you know, it's a little bit of a more effort instead of just putting your credit card through. But I'm happy to, like, ask people questions and, like, oh, what do you want, you know, what do you want me to sign this about? Or what do you want to feel more of this year? And I'll I'll make a short poem mm. instead of just signing my name on it. You know That's what I mean? Cool, yeah, yeah. I liked it. Oh, thanks, thanks, man. I yeah, like I like that you thanks. like it. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you're forgetting <laughs> one more. And this oh. isn't like a book book, but it's uh, my first magazine hey. that I was ever published in. Uh, actual like you can touch it like magazine. It's crazy. More than words. Yeah, it's the men's issue of South Bay Magazine that that covers like El Segundo, Hawthorne, uh, parts of Inglewood, I believe. Mm. Um, and it, it, it talks about my story of poetry, but also I'd say, um, the, the story of this event that was a fundraiser for cancer survivors and their families, mm. uh, called the tour de pier, which is coming up in May. And I've been invited back multiple times now, and they're just a great organization, great fundraising. Um, and the Hirschberg foundation was also part of it. And so, yeah, I talked about, you know, what it was like from both my, my parents that have cancer and things like that. And it was really personal, really great um, storytelling. Uh, Monica Orozco, shout out for the cover art. And, um, and I think, if anything, 
yeah, it was it was interesting to, to share stories and feel like I'm actually being listened to in a in like a published way. Okay. Um, yeah, like true. Amber Clink was she's been doing this for a while. And even even these even the concepts of these pictures and yeah, everything. I, love I, that. I had like to pull that. out my Idris Elba. I had to pull okay. out, you know <laughs> Okay. I had to really work on these poses, okay. y'all. This was yeah. not easy. Yeah. <laughs> and it was That's really it's like an official type of feeling i think to really share your story in such an official way right. yeah. and also make sure that you have the healing of people at the forefront you know yeah. like that's i think that's where kind of that disconnect we've talked about throughout this is, is happening also is we can get caught up in these things that we think are life mm. but we forget that without any of us here this life would be boring as hell okay right? and it's not as fulfilling you know you can have a big beautiful home but if no one's in it to make it joyful and enjoy yourself in What's it even point? you know what, what is the point right uh so yeah if we're not here for each other i don't know what we're doing here basically yeah well we're oh. social creatures absolutely you know we should be you know living with each other um engaging with each other having conversations with each other and if you don't have anyone to talk to there's always animals word you know like they'll be the happiest <laughs> to ever see you honestly <laughs> it's like the third time you just emotionally yeah, you know hit I mean? me well <sighs> like you were saying yeah. animals have feelings too 100 yeah. percent. you know they might not be able to tell you what you want to hear but they'll at least give you some sort of love some yeah. kind of understanding like i feel you they totally would and yeah, pigs are as smart as what three-year-old mm. babies and stuff yeah. like that like when you learn these things so much more humanity you would give to an animal, which is ironic, right? We yeah. give humanity to other creatures, right? right. Beautiful concept. Um, I did feel guilty actually going out to the Bobby Fields with my dogs it. instead of talk the kids. <laughs> yeah, you did? I'm like, yeah, I, did. I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought they to myself, like, oh, shit. Yeah. You can, uh, let's end this with your words of wisdom. Right. I mean, not your words of wisdom, but your crush your goals. Right. Right. Crush so your goals. Here's our crush your goal goals. for today. And it says, I found that every time I ask for permission, the answer tends to be no. So I had to make my own yeses. You know what I'm saying? That really speaks on what we're talking about. Okay. For whatever reason, it always yeah. lines up. It does. Wow. And that, that is exactly it's not a hell yes. Yeah. It needs to be a hell no. Yeah. You know, and, and that goes back to, I think, to, one, to one of your points earlier. Um, you were saying something about, uh, you know, doing things. Um, and like, like for me, right? Like remember I, I was saying that I never was in the front of the camera. So when I, when I decided to do this podcast... Um, I, I was hesitant at first because I never liked I never liked being in front of the camera, right? But uh, for two years during COVID, I was doing like Zoom meetings for like 100, 200 people. I was doing mindset training, yeah. and so I was comfortable with talking to people on Zoom. Um, but when I started to do this podcast, um, I was like, "Are people really want to hear what I got to say?" But people actually um, do, it, it got me realizing that a lot of people was responding to me saying, "Hey, Michael, we love what you're doing." Right. Even like shout out to um, what's his name? Adam Staley. Staley, you know, from the um, Civil Air Patrol gave me this thank you card for being on the show last week. You know, oh. and I, right? so it's little things like this. Right. Yes. And, and I've been getting little things like this for a few years now, even with doing my Zoom meetings. Um, people are like, Mike, wow, thank you. You know, even if it was just one or two persons saying, wow, I really connected with you was saying like and, and I appreciate it. And I was like, wow, that's why I say like. Are any conversations are so important because you never know who it's going to touch. Even if it's just one sentence you said or one phrase, like you never know that you, someone might just like click. No matter if you say something 
a hundred times, maybe that 101 time is going, oh, wow. Or they heard it a hundred times, right? Yeah. But if you said it, it made sense to them. Right. I actually had this lady talk to me when I was doing my mindset training because um, I, I was with one of my mentors. And he had a group of people, right? I think he had like 2,500 people and I had like 200 people. Uh, my group was much smaller, but I was a part of his bigger group, right? And somebody from his group it was an older lady lives in, lives in New York. She's, she's a huge following uh, of my friend of mine now. She told me one day, and uh, she's like, Mike, you know what? I love, even though you and Clay say the same thing, she's like, I relate to you. And it was funny because she was like, you speak funny, but I understand you. <laughs> and I was like, that was not a compliment. <laughs> you, you funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it made sense. Like, me and him, we both said the same thing, yeah. right? But she understood what I was saying. I love this. <laughs> but she was just like, you speak funny, but I understood you. She's like, you. I don't understand him because he talks he talks in a different way. Right, right. I, but we would say, we would always say the same thing. And, and that's what we was trying to teach people in our mindset thing. It was like you could connect to certain people. That's why you had different artists, different poets, different singers. Yeah. And we right. connect to different people. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and so from that, it made me to continue to do those Zoom meetings. Oh. And so when I was approached to do this podcast, I was like, you know what? No, I am going to do it because somebody might connect to me one time Absolutely. it might not be today it could be five years from now 10 years from now you never yeah. know yeah and yeah. i love the switch you had by the way where you realize it's about the person right because mm. some of it's ego at first where we're right. like oh the camera's on me ah, ah, ah. Yeah. but yeah. when you're like oh yeah that camera is just the tool that's helping me right. reach people yeah. i could i could downplay the importance of that tool right so i love that you got that and the acknowledgement acknowledgement could be like a whole nother episode y'all do by the way because mm -hmm. acknowledgement makes me feel like i'm not crazy Acknowledgement when I'm here and I'm talking to y'all and you, I can see your head nodding or the mm -hmm. eyes blinking at the least. Yeah. I'm like, okay, they're acknowledging my existence here. Oh. Yeah. We're exchanging this, this, all these acknowledgement gestures of like, all right, yeah. And it, it just feels so amazing when it's condensed into words onto that thank you card. And you, right. you're like, wow, someone took the time to do this right. and then send it to me. Or if they put a postcard thing on it, what, the post uh, stamp, whatever. You're like, wow. Like, yeah. And you feel even more of that wave of knowledge. So I'm glad you got that. I'm 100% no, glad no, you got that. No, no. beautiful. Like, like I said, when I was doing those Zoom meetings, I got a few emails, you know, because it was during COVID. And it made me realize that, wow, my voice actually matters. And there's yeah. 8 billion people in the world. And if I can touch one, like well, we always say, if we can touch one person, it's all worth it. Mm. And I've I gotten can. a few of these. And it's like, that's why it's so worth it. I mean, that's why we do what we do. Like I said before, we don't get paid for this. We enjoy doing yeah. this because we know the importance of it. Like, you just, we, it's all about the people we bring on. Yeah. It's about our listeners, somebody that can be listening to this on, on Instagram. You never know who's listening to yeah. this. You no, never know who's remember. listening to you. Yeah. Like Sean Hill exists, y'all. Yeah. He exists. <laughs> you know. No. Well, come on. So 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 now we're waiting for uh, Sean Hill's words of wisdom yeah. in poet form. Yeah. All right. All right. I mean, I brought a, I brought a couple pieces. Of no. Shit, well, but yeah. We got hey, and that's why I put a new this battery a in. New battery. Because uh, you're good. This is gonna be your show right now. All Go right. Ahead. Yes. Um. Yeah. I can. I already. I already just want to say y'all are my people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Open mics like autopsies. Commune with perspectives like dissected organs, absorbing the truth within every story until 
I needed a sedative. I became ugh, bored with the negatives. Lyrically spliced life was much like rolled dice and practice true positivity till I became immune to negativity like oranges with vitamin C. Breaking hinges off the door if you invited me to a pity party. Hardly a force to be reckoned with. Infected with so much positivity. I pee pet peeves until my pee is seen clearly. So positive even the negatives in my mind added a line just to become a plus sign to stop opposing and grow with me. Even my fears want to hang out sometimes and I hug them. Until they can cope with the scope of non-existence. It's just what happens when a focused mind has way too much time to think. And I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be rude. My name is Sean Hill and I'm pleased to meet you. This is just the first poem that I'm rapping. I'm just a baby waking up from his napping. Learning how to walk and talk this life from writing with chalk and concrete that racking with break beats. Hip-hop became my training wheels to the point where I could speak. So forget about doing hip-hop. I pop and lock and then eat hip-hop. I am what I speak and if you are what you eat then I am hip-hop. Reincarnated, never debated me to be the best. But I'm not trying to be nothing less than myself. So help me or not, my throat is on fire. I don't mean to burn you. I'm just breaking shackles like Nat Turner, but believe equality like Gundy. See, I'm not a peace Nazi. The paparazzi couldn't stop me from getting the scoop like Cold Stone. I'm home alone in the zone like, oh, fellow. Hello, is anyone out here? If I scream and no one hears me, do I make a sound? Check, check, check marks the box. Like it or not? I don't need your approval for this to be hot. And if it's ice cold, well, I honestly don't know and don't care. But to be fair, I care if it's true. So let's play out the facts. I got your back like chiropractors. I want to be in your scene like the best actors. Hey, your DNA is beautiful. Let me be the X factor. But I got to get going eventually, so please don't miss me. I'll be back before you know I'm gone. I want to bring you songs better than fairy tales and nightingales. So I'm getting on tracks like John Henry and offend me. Almost impossible. It wouldn't be logical. It's more probable to turn your ever energy into something possible like world peace. And even then. Many say that's highly unlikely, like a lock without a key, but I bend reality. We, we can all bend reality. We can turn the improbable into the ever, ever, everyday ordinary. Hey. Thanks for listening, y'all. Hey. You did that the last time you was out here. I did. I remember that poem. That's my signature piece for sure. Okay. It's called Optimistic Incisions. Wow. Yeah, and I it remember. feels good every time, yeah. y'all. It's it's my own affirmational piece. It's my own reminder of what I want to accomplish in this world and what I'm doing. Um, I always recommend all artists to have a mission statement, mm -hmm. you know, and that's one of my funnest mission statements I've ever made. Easily, easily. Um, and I think, yeah, if anything, if there's any other questions about that piece, I'll go into another one. Well, yeah. um, what's up? Talk, because I, I want to ask you this too. Talk to me. You talk about let's bend reality. Yeah. Because that's your IG um, handle. Talk about that. Like, what is Let's Bend Reality? So a lot of people, a lot of us, if not everyone probably, at some point, we've all felt like the world is the way it is. Mm -hmm. This world was given to us the way it is. Like we said, the we, right? We system, right. And mm -hmm. in terms of what it is now, a lot of us just think, oh, that's the way the world is. That's mm -hmm. the way politics is. That's the way religion is. That's the way people are. That's the way, that's the way, that's the way. And my reminder has been every inventor, every creator, every artist, all these people that were world changers or world thinkers even, mm -hmm. were changing our scope of reality. Right. They were changing what reality means to us. The, the idea that we were able to put a computer in a phone was not around a long time. You know, the, the idea that the sun was the center of the universe, right? All these kind of things shifted our reality. 
So why not remind our, ourselves that we can change our own reality? Why mm-hmm. not remind ourselves, you know what, everything we're feeling right now, whether it's pain or depression or whatever kind of low feelings we're having, we can change that reality. Right. Whatever you want to be in life, like y'all know, you can change that reality. Exactly. Whatever you're trying to achieve or go for, whatever you're inspired to do next, change that reality. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know, right. And it's my most fun, like passionate way of saying that. I think a part of me might have been inspired because I think around – the time the uh, Avatar, the last Airbender TV show with the, with Ang, you know, and all them. Um, I think that might've subconsciously played into it too. Cause they're, they're uh, airbenders, Mm -hmm. firebenders, waterbenders. Right. So there's that, that nerdy fun part of me also that has like, it's a feeling like a super superhero, superpower Mm -hmm. kind of feeling, you know, that we can bend reality. Right. And I try to make it as like powerful as possible that we can remember that we can do. Do you have that on audio form? Yeah, that's on my CD. That's the first that's track on there. Okay, I absolutely. That. I need to get down. I need to grab it. Yeah, you do. Yes, no, no, I will. Damn, hundred percent, two hundred percent, then thousand percent, five million percent. As <laughs> <laughs> long as it don't cost me five thousand dollars. Oh, definitely, not. definitely. Not. I keep it. I keep it the ten dollar level. You know, <laughs> and also in the sake of like freeness, like we talked about. I was brought up in the theater community also of knowing like, you know, art was meant to be free and like Mm -hmm. all that, like anti-money for so long. And then to get to a place where I can still do both, right? Where I'm like, all right, let me, I can charge people for it if they want. And it's on iTunes and all that stuff. But on Bandcamp is where you can listen to it for free. I made sure to put it Mm -hmm. and set it to the settings where you can listen to it for free. If you just need some inspiration and you can't afford it, you know what I mean? A lot of my stuff online is free as well on YouTube and things like that. Try to keep that balance, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, when we first met, uh, I told you um, about my cousin. And you know my cousin, a.k.a. Tony. Yes. Yeah, and, and I was I actually called him that night. And, you know, he had a oh, lot of uh, great things to say about you. Um, that means a lot. Yeah, that means a lot. I, I grew up, um, he introduced me to poetry years ago because he grew up really? um, in La Park. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking I was telling you about where he, he used to perform at this place called Fifth Street Dicks. Oh, okay. Um, that... Fifty Fifth Street Dicks is one of the oldest poetry places um, in Lamar Park. Like if you if you know if go to Lamar Park and talk some to some old heads, yeah, yeah, they'll tell you about Fifth Street Dicks. I know they will too. Yeah, man, it's some great stories. We had some great times there. Um, People used to go in there and do jam sessions and poetry, and like I said, and it was all free. Like, you know, there was no charge to get in, and, like, just the art form was just incredible on, a, yeah. on just on any given night. Like, we'll just go hang out. Mm, beautiful. And I feel, that's where I fell in love with poetry. Oh, I'm like, glad wow. to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, now I kind of want to know when you fell in love with poetry, too. Oh, but first, one more shout-out to A.K. Tony. He just did a show also at Beyond Baroque. Yeah. Doing some beautiful, beautiful work out there. So, like, keep doing what you're doing, brother. Appreciate you. No, yeah, and for him, because uh, he learned from the greats, mm. right, all those old heads. Like, he learned from it, and I saw him go through his struggles, right? Like as all artists, you know, but again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. He followed his passion. And a lot of, I can even remember um, his uncle and um, a lot of people were telling him, no, you should do this, you should do that. And he never gave up on poetry. He never did. Like he followed his passion. And I look at him to today, like so many people respect him in in that space. Like to me, he's a legend in that space now. Like he's one of the legends. And he's great at what he does. 100%. So, yeah. Mm. Anyways, go, to, go back to your... Uh, oh, unless you had Yeah. When did you fall in love with poetry? Me? Um, you know, I think as a kid, there was a lot of uh, performing arts. I was lucky enough to be uh, shipped out. So I went to Wilbert 
elementary. Okay. Um, in Tarzana, that's where my brother went to Pali. And um, I think there was a lot of performing arts. We had a lot of artists. Um, but growing up, music, music to me is everything. And that is also a form of poetry. It's someone telling their story, you know, rhyming it. Um, so I think that that's where I've always been very passionate. Like I tell, um, you know, Mike about the Wu-Tang um, saga, the series that came out. Yeah. I love the fact that they, um, the RZA allowed us into his mind, how Bobby really developed the music, mm. you know, but that's, that's how he was able to express, you know, what he would hear, what he wanted you to feel, to understand. Um, so I think I can't say I'm, I'm like diehard into poetry. I think it's the music and not just any music, but what is it that you're wanting to say? Mm. You know, what do you, what do you want me to understand? Um, so I'm, I'm really big about that. Awesome. And awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no wrong answer, by the way. I yeah, was going to no, be like, not Oh, you don't love poetry. No, <laughs> no but you Definitely. know what? Even like through, through rap, through rhyme, it's, it really is poetry. Absolutely. You know, it's just a different form. So that's, why I really, really, really love, um, what the RZA did with, uh, the saga, the Wu-Tang, um, you know, uh, special that was, I think they just ended it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I haven't checked it out yet, but I heard. Oh, it, heard it's thing. so dope! Yeah, we yeah. we actually got uh, my son into it, and we got to see Wu Tang and Nas perform um, a few oh. minutes back, and mm. I got to take my son. What you know? So that was kind of dope. Buster Rhymes came out. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So these are all like yeah. poet in their own in in their own art form. Oh, so so good. I'm so big good. on music. Love yeah. music. And that's what I'm going to add too. Is that Technically speaking, you yeah. do love poetry. I do. Yeah, because yeah. hip hop is poetry. Right. It's yeah. poetry over music. music and a lot yeah. of people, I'll still tell kids in workshops and at schools and stuff like that, like, how many of y'all love poetry? And they'd be like, mm. and then how many of y'all love music? Like, what? Right. And I'm like, then y'all love poetry. <laughs> and it's such a fun reminder. And I yeah. think, um, yeah, the art form of poetry with music is just, it's always going to keep it alive no matter what, for sure. Right. And sure. at the same time, it just, it, it hits different. For yeah, sure. It, it just, oh, like when you have that certain rhythm with it mm-hmm. and whether they're rhyming or not even sometimes, like it's still beautiful to yeah. take in. I'm like, oh, 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 That's ah, big. oh, <laughs> So you say you have another one for us? Of course I do. Of course Come I on. do. I could talk to you all day. You better cut that out. Keep me focused. Keep me hey, focused. Hey, you, you're already breaking records over here. <laughs> all right. So this, uh, this piece has been something that I'm still working on and it, um, I was actually like. There was a there was a friend of mine in need that said, "Hey, can you share? Can you share something or or kind of just like say something that would help this person out where they're in a horrible relationship? They're wanting to go back to their ex that's not treating them right, that's disrespecting them constantly, that might even be cheating on them consistently, um, and they're just not happy. And so I, I I was like, let me think of something. And this this is the piece that I, I need to get out more often." Mm. 10 things I want to say to a woman with her consent. I brought 10. I now wish I called this 10 things I want to share with a woman because I know you get told and spoke to and at so much that sometimes a male voice can feel like a record skipping, wanting you to move, push, pull. May I say I can say, I can say and will enjoy listening to you. How else will I learn about you or from you, your perspective, your story, your past, present, and future wishes for yourself and the world you birth out if I don't listen to the essences of you? Nine, 
I'm sorry for not seeing it sooner. How much a male-dominated society has squeezed you into the margins of an 8 by 11 world, keeping you in line, insulting you with one name, praising you with another, cursing you in public, abusing you in private, praising your body parts as if you aren't attached to them, trying to control them as if they own them. Femicide or forced motherhood taking away your rights so if you go left, you get called someone who is pro-death, when your body is so beyond political, it's critical we let go of pitiful attacks on you when we are just mad with ourselves and our own hell we created and won't get it till our ego sits down and meditates. I'm sorry it's so late. My apology alone is no justification but a marker ever since I saw a 60-year-old man lust with eyes and mouth water after a teenage girl passed him at a 7-Eleven. I knew I needed to do everything inhumanly possible within my power to never, never be that kind of man. Eight, you are enough. Always have been. Whether a breakup or magazines, a thousand methods are used to make you feel like you aren't perfect the way you are. $500 billion a year you generate with insecurity instilled with products distilled into your masterful genetic makeup made up by products that damaged you until they realize more money is made when you are unhappy and dependent on happiness from another's eyes. To make a goddess forget she is a creator and exists as beauty is half a David Blaine away from sawing your integrity in two. You are truth of persistence, patience, power, and plenty. You tame chaos within men's hearts and minds. You make someone feel loved with just the sincere look of your giving eyes. You are inner peace, walking. Seven, we will be better. Six, we are and we'll keep doing better. Five, we will call each other out when you are disrespected or hunted as prey, whether your name is Joyce Eshaquan, Michelle Ramos Vargas, Tina Priest, Joyce Singh, Brianna Taylor, or Cynthia Asokoku. Four, we will add more action with thoughts and prayers to any atrocity against you because no one is really believing heaven when women and girls are in danger of just living. Mm. Three, we will love you with truth and your benefit in mind more than ours. Two, we will change this culture into what you are and have been helping us to create all along a dynamically beautiful balance of masculine and feminine with a feminine protected, respected, and listened to always. One, we will care more about you than being right. We will care more about you than having power. We will care more about you than having control. You matter more than all of that. Thank you forever. For your unnecessary patience, we undeservingly keep receiving. Um, Thanks again for listening. Oh, my God. Mm. I felt that. I felt that on every level. <sighs> Thank yeah, you for that. Uh, no problem. You, you went deep on that one. I did. Yeah, you I did. did. And I have to, like, 
really remember who I'm talking to and, and what I'm saying in that mm. piece. You know, I can't like, you know, there's certain times where you feel like as an artist, you can autopilot something. And I never want to do that with any of my pieces, you know? Yeah. And I remember that a woman is next to me. That's how you identify yourself, right? Yeah. As a woman. So like, I remember Absolutely. those kind of things and how much, so much pain and, and disrespect and, mm. and just the ignoring of women go mm. on in this world that I don't always see. Right. And until I talked to so many more women about it or until I went to all these open mics and listened to all these women's stories and until more friends of mine opened up to me about this stuff, I would have never known. I would have never known. Yeah. It's just almost the equivalent of when you're black and you get pulled over all the time. Mm. But no one asks you, hey, hey, how was your day? Did you get pulled over today? Yeah. Right. You don't usually share stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it was kind of that equivalent where I wanted to make sure I make enough pieces addressing not just what women are going through and empowering women, mm. but also empowering men to stop abusing mm. women and stop disrespecting women and actually take that conversation to men more mm. when it keeps being directed to women so often. And like, right. oh yeah, women, they're going to get their rights one day. Yeah. It's like, nah, we, why aren't you doing something about it? Why aren't right. we all participating in that right now? What's going on? It starts that with disconnect. You. Yeah, absolutely. And again, in terms of any feedback also after this or during this, if you want to let me know, because yeah. I've, I've shared this with a number of women where I wanted to make sure that it, it either said everything it needs to say or there's things I need to add to it, let me know. Or if there's things that I totally got wrong, for sure, let me know. No, not at all. Anything Actually, like it really it hit home because as a woman, sometimes you're just, you become so immune to it or it's normalized, hmm. you know, and then you're, like you said, you have to be stronger. You have to be great. Well, why wouldn't you just treat me the way, you know, I should be treated? Yes. It starts there, you know, and I think that's why I was hitting so much with conversations because I think better understanding would come from that. Like you said, tell me how you feel. What did you think? Did I miss mm. something? Now you're allowing me as a woman to be heard, to be seen, to be thought of. Mm. You know what I mean? 100%. And when you're like, it's not just human body parts there's more to me than just that you know what i yeah, mean yeah they glorify that oh she has the body of a goddess but what's that in her heart mm. you know what i yes. mean does Word. she really feel that what you see can you see deeper than what it is on the outside yeah you know and and as women especially now with social media they're just glorified for what's on the outside hurting in the inside because they don't know how to be treated mm -hmm. you know they're just treating what's on the outside what they yeah. see what other people are going to see me with you know word, so word. that's important thank you for that of course of course yeah especially with everything going on in society yeah we forget what is a woman how can you not know what a woman is if that's where we all came from. Ooh. You know, what Tupac that? said it best. Hey, I was just about to say that. Tupac say that. said it best. Yeah, yeah. Came from a woman. Got, a name. Got your name, name from, from a, woman. a woman. Came from a woman. That's poetry right there. 100%. Yeah. And yeah. I remember Talib Kweli said some lines hey. about that too. Um, and I think also this this one guy named Acrobatic Underground Hip Hop Artist. Mm. Um, I don't want to call him underground because he's so he lives above ground. Mm. Uh, he's not a Ninja Turtle. All right. Yeah. Um, he said one piece that was really beautiful about uh, it was called Remind My Soul. And he said, um, 
if I, something about like, I can't remember the exact words, but something about if I dis, if I disrespect woman, mm-hmm. then I'm disrespecting self. Right. Yeah. And a lot of that like connection, if you don't see mm-hmm. your connection to woman and yourself and you don't want to disrespect yourself or a woman, then you're good. You're in the yeah. clear. You know what I mean? But if you think it's okay to disrespect a woman for some reason, right? there's something off there. You're not seeing yeah. the woman in you. You're not seeing the feminine in you that you should be respecting, right? And like the whole, right. that whole concept of how much, I feel like as men, we could talk more about this for sure, emotionally, just the vulnerability 100%. Um, oh, and you know what? One more shout out to my friend, Justin Baldoni, who has a podcast called Man Enough. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how much the vulnerability of men can change so much of the world mm. and so many of the problems in the world if we just get more vulnerable yes. and talk about this stuff 100%, 100%. out loud. So I appreciate, again, y'all, the work you're doing. And I'll, I'll connect you with him, too, as well, if y'all oh. want to do it. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. I got to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. But I just have one, two short poems. No, of course. Cool. Yeah. yeah, no, it's okay. you. Because I see, you know what I mean? I like that it. imposter feeling, no, right? No, I'm like, good. oh, but if they no, have no. to go, if they have to get back no, to their kids good. or something, you know what I mean? No, you're good. Y'all are dope. Y'all are dope. Um, cause this piece, I always want to share a new piece if I do a new program or a new podcast or something like that. And, um, this one's about my pops and, um, it's my first time sharing it y'all. Exclusive. Exclusive. Okay. Exclusive for one life, for one life y'all. That's what we got, right? We got one life, man. That's true. I mean, unless you believe in reincarnation, that's the loophole. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Respect. Respect to all the Buddhists out there. (laughs) Is it the lung, the cancer, or the heart? Three things could be wrong at any given time. But my father is someone who loves life so much. He sometimes loves to live it for others. He definitely loves to live it for himself. And he has chosen to live it with one loyal companion. (laughs) The lung, the cancer, the heart. His breath is always full when he laughs. A belly laugh, a short giggle. That reluctant, tucked-in chuckle is my favorite. Where he doesn't want to laugh at the joke. But it tickles something in his heart. Like when I say to him in my kid voice... Hey, mister, how you doing? And he can't help but feel something that might be called love. A feeling from someone that just wants to put a smile on his face. Willing to make a joke out of thin air to make him feel good. A family that wants to make his dreams come true. Just by being their best selves, since that's all he wants and for them all to major in psychology and learn another language and be able to paint, do stocks, play golf, win a million, and look as good as him doing it. (laughs) (laughs) He'd never admit that, but he chuckles at the truth of it. The lung, the cancer, the heart. One is working at half its capacity. One has water in it, and the other is growing. He makes jokes about dying sometimes, and sometimes he just talks about it. Hard to tell differences, since he keeps the same inflection when he jokes, 
You can almost tell by the slightest grin, a slight smirk by the corner of his mouth or a glint in his eye, trying not to look at anything else and stay focused for too long are the main giveaways. His smile is a beloved welcome mat. My home has always been where he is. And I don't know how to make a new one. But I promise to laugh as big as he would so that any new home will still have him in it. Mm. Mm. I love that. Thank you for that. Thank you, seriously. I felt that. <sighs> Thanks, y'all. And y'all are some comfortable people to cry in front of, so thank you for that, thank too. Thank you. Oh, thank you, know. you. I cry all the time. Right? Isn't it great? And it's so relieving. I love yeah. doing it. It's healthy. It really yeah. is. It really yeah. is. And it, it, you know, as as a man and as an artist, it, it took a while to get yeah. comfortable crying in public or crying after a, a performance or something and... Uh, and not feeling in my head about it, you know what I mean? So um, I've been really inspired when I see other artists do the same. And, and you know, just like A.K. Tony or, or, or Mike the Poet and all these, these really great poets of our day uh, that a lot of people don't know even exist sometimes, they, uh, they've been doing that kind of work, and I've been seeing it, and it, it's taught me a lot about my own vulnerability and how beautiful it is to just listen to someone mm-hmm. share a story that three minutes ago you knew nothing about this person. After three minutes of a poem, you feel like you know this right. person down to their their toes. Yeah, you know. Um, and and just to, to close out with one more poem is this poem called "Tribe," that I feel like, you know, I'm going to dedicate to y'all because you continue to create Aww. tribe. <laughs> y'all, I can see the work y'all do when I listen to a few of the podcasts before, Thank you. and even the shout outs you do for community centers and and different things in the community. Y'all are making that as much as being a part of it. Yeah. And it's something that I feel like is this never-ending, recyclable type of thing of just being in community and being in tribe, you know? Um, and shout out to my friend uh, Jamie Kyson, who, um, who uh, Jamie, no, she goes, her music name is like Jamie May or like Jamie, Jamie Lee May or something fun like that. Um, and she invited me to be a part of a song of a track, and that was called Tribe. Mm-hmm. And it was, she has a voice. I call it like the white Aretha Franklin, y'all. Okay. Beautiful voice. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Infinite connection, limited lessons. No more guessing when we start reflecting. No more deflection when we start confronting. No more fighting when we start embracing, remembering. Unity is more important than you or me. Individually, we are beauty manifested, tested up to this very second, passing lovely, tougher than rugby, love feeling love, freedom feeling free, life feeling right, light living light, energetically weightless, so present, no gifts at Christmas. We live in moments like miracles exist. You are worth every millisecond, so it's time. To elevate, tune our station, set it straight. You only need one frequency to feel alive. Our lives reflect and rise as we find our tribe. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for being a tribe. Thanks. Thank Thank you you. for that. Thank you for all of them. (laughs) For real. Oh, man.
This is why I love what yeah. we do. Right? <laughs> yes. Man, it's so it. rewarding. And for those that are just listening, I love seeing y'all smile too. Like I'm, I'm big on smiles. I love my dad's smile. My family smiles. My mom's yeah. smile. My lady's smile has a great smile too. Like that's so big to me. Yeah. So like just seeing people smile or think and feel my top, top favorite things in the world. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that with me too also, yeah. y'all. Yeah, it does. It's right contagious. Now. Oh, it's so good. It's so contagious. That's contagion ever. That's the good stuff. <laughs> oh man. What a wow. treat. Thank you so much oh, for, for being here, for taking the drive. Yes, of course. course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah, one more shout out to the, the things that I'm I'm about to do also. No, I want to make sure y'all know. Because y'all are so good at that. Like, oh yeah. yeah, what else is going on? Yeah. Um there's an uh, there's an event at City the City of Santa Monica and uh, I think it's April 29th. I want to say the 27th or 9th. You can double check my Instagram for the dates. Um, it's like 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. There's an arts and literacy festival. Oh, cool. Family fun. There's live performances. There's, there's always kid games. And there's, there's a promotion of books and everything by the Santa Monica Public Library. Okay. Um, I'll be hosting that and having a great time with y'all. It's going to be fun. Guaranteed or your money back and get it. That's a joke because it's free. It's another free event. <laughs> I love saying that joke. And, uh, and then also, um, I'd say uh, April 22nd, there's a uh, vegan rally for Earth Day also. Oh, cool. So in case you don't know what veganism is or if you've been curious about it or if you hate someone that's vegan, I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> no. going to apologize because a lot of people hate vegans and I understand why sometimes. Um, <laughs> so I have no problem like accepting that and also realizing that, uh, you know, it gives people a bad rap, right? Because if someone's mean to me or says something mean or like offends me, I'm not like, oh, you dirty meat eater. Like, why'd you talk to me like that? <laughs> you know, we don't classify things like that. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully this kind of event has um, great speakers, uh, yeah. great food also to, to show you that, you know, eating vegan is not this terrible just tofu and salads thing that no. a lot of people think it is. Yeah. Um, and you might learn something new about animals or what's going on in the animal world right now. Um, and just how much you, maybe you didn't know how much you love animals even, you yeah. know, I didn't, I didn't know I cared about, you know, horses as much until I found out about, you know, some of these horse track races mm. are like just racing these yeah. horses to death, injecting them with stuff. Yeah. I'm like, dang, why didn't I care about that right now? And I wouldn't have cared about it until I saw this post about this mm. thing or that organization shared this. Um, so that's going to be happening. I'll be sharing a poem there. And, uh, and then also birthday events, you know, even if you're a new friend from this podcast, I'm happy to invite you to my future birthday events. I'll be posting soon. Hey. Um, for sure. I'm still celebrating all month long, y'all. That's right. And I think the last You got to make it to one of those events. You got to. Yeah. Y'all are invited for sure. <laughs> oh my, I'll be sending an email ASAP. All right. Okay. For sure. Um, and I think the last thing I'll say is that I'm t in talks right now with an artist to tour with them more and perform with them more and open for them and kind of stuff like that. Like I did with, um, with Andy Grammer. I, I toured with Andy Grammer okay. for like for two months. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people love his music. So uplifting, feel good music, by the way. Um, and this guy's name is a Y young. Okay. He has a thing called the battery tour and he's promoting as one of the UN, uh, youth ambassadors, right? The 17, sustainable development goals that okay. the UN has made to reach world peace by 2030. Right. Okay. And his main thing is about energy and energy conservation and things like that. There's a uh, few of the SDGs are like, you know, ending poverty, um, you know, gender equality, climate change, stuff like that, that people are working on. And at the same time, they've developed a whole list, a whole program, entire breakdown scientifically of what we need to do to make all these things like reality. Yeah. And this guy, 
A.Y. Young, uh, at Battery Tour on Instagram, he's actually done over 900 shows, 900 concerts, mm. okay, all with battery-powered concerts. Like, he's doing them all with just battery power, solar power, that's it. Oh, wow. And each time he, he completes the concert or he does something like I reach a certain point, he gives these kind of battery um, boxes to a village in need or to oh, a wow. city in need. And he's supplying the world with electricity. Yeah. And when you learn like that, there's, I think there's still like a billion people or something that don't have electricity in this world. That's and don't, crazy. they can't read at night. They, they can't power up something. They don't, they don't have a hospital near them that yeah. can go on past the nighttime, right? Things like that that I would have never known about without this guy's knowledge and, and love for, for saving energy and helping people with electricity. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're teaming up and, and trying to do more together. And so a shout out to him and the great work he's doing as well. And I just, I, I, I know so, so many great organizations yeah. and people that I, I don't get tired of shouting out. You no, know? thank so, you. For sure. They deserve to you yes. know, be recognized and people should know about that and that that does exist. Absolutely. You know, when you ask yourself, what can I do, you know, to help? Well, there you have it. Yeah. We just threw a few at you. And it can be fun, by the way. Exactly. It can be fun. Yeah. That's the crazy part. We're having the time of our life making music and poetry yeah. and having yeah. it powered by the sun. Yeah. It's crazy. It's right. literally insane. That's, that's pretty dope. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would never thought about something like that. Right? That's right. why those people, people need to be shouted out. Yeah. For sure. That is For definitely sure. dope. Oh, my God. This is so good. Oh, right? yeah. Thank you, man. Thank You're you welcome. Again, uh, welcome for, again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I to keep welcoming you. Yeah. No, seriously, thank you. Thank you so much for your presence. Thank you for being a pillar in, in all these communities, you know, from Inglewood to Nanano Valley and, hey. and beyond. Uh, you know, the, I, I can't thank you enough, man. You, you, you bring such a light to everything that you do and to, to a lot of people that, you know, for years to come that's going to, mm. you know, listen to you. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you've already put in the work. You already planted the seeds, man. You've already helped so many people, like, Thank you for that. Appreciate you, man. Like you, you, you. Wow. We talk about that a lot about um, people actually putting in the work, planting the seeds, and doing the action. Like you're one of those people that are putting the good back into this world. Yeah, mm. you are. Mm. Like for our youth and our gen- for the next generation. Like I, I thank you for that. Seriously, because we need more of that. It's better to light a candle than yeah. to curse the dark. Mm. Exactly. That's my Montreal, and I'm I'm glad you see it in there. Yeah, hundred percent. I know. Big yeah. shout out to Michelle Lee, though, at the Pondo yeah. Playhouse. Michelle Lee! Burr, 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 burr. Yes. If it wasn't for Friend her, from college, I mean. Yeah. yeah, we wouldn't have met you. And, you know, like, yeah, big ass shout out to the, yeah. to the Playhouse. We're going to see the Cinderella show tonight yeah. at the Playhouse. We're, yes. we're going to yeah. go see it right now with her and her, and her man. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, anytime you out here and you're doing a show, please feel free to reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Come back on here. Let's talk about it and, you know, get, get the people out there in them seats. 100%. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome again, then. Dang it. You're not going to beat me at a compliment. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. I will compliment the mm out of you. You don't even know. I will literally make feces come out of you with how many compliments I get. You know how many promos I'm going to do off of this show? That's called thank you. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. you. Love you. Thank you, man, for taking the time. Appreciate it. Um, Mm. Again, um, anytime. You're welcome back here. Anytime. Yes. Be well, y'all. Be well. Mm. Any last words you want to throw out there? Oh, remember to breathe and, and love yourselves, y'all. Like that's that's half the battle right there. Hey. Listening is free. And mm. listening and breathing is always free. Yes. Mm. Yes. I'm gonna pay nobody for that. I gotta pay nothing for breathing. 
<laughs> breathing 100% free all the I'm time. I'm doing it right now. Right, buy one, get one, a lung. You got it. Y'all, Breathe. Y'all check out Sean Hill on Instagram at Let's Been Reality. Hey. All right. All right, guys. We out of here. Peace, 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 peace.